Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the I Got Asked podcast. My name is Daryl Oliveira. I am the host of this program. And if you're a returning listener, I thank you very much for being with us once again. And if you're new to the show, uh, this is a podcast where I speak to friends, both old and new, regarding uh, projects that they're involved in that I think are are interesting or that I really respect. And um, we just have great conversations surrounding all the cool stuff that my that my friends are doing. So this is episode number 11. Uh, and it was with Davey Knight of the awesome punk band Debt Cemetery. Uh, I can't say enough about these guys. Davey actually, during the podcast, talks a lot about how, how he got Debt Cemetery going via a bunch of recording that he did himself, writing and recording all the parts for the demo, which uh, is incredible. Um, but uh, Davey is also involved with a couple other bands that we discussed during the episode. Uh, he's in a band called Winning Streak, which is based out of the United States, which is another cool kind of punk band, fast punk, skate punk kind of stuff. But he's also involved with another really cool band here based out of Toronto called Gnarly Horse, which are a Weezer-influenced, um, grungy kind of alt-rock sort of band, and I think they're really cool too. And he's previously involved with another awesome uh, punk band called uh, Family Meeting, which um, he introduced me to uh, the day before we recorded the episode, and uh, I haven't been able to stop listening to uh, any of those four bands over the last week. So um, we had a great conversation. We uh, determined that we uh, met once last year. We thought it was in February, but uh, looking back through um, some posts and stuff that I had from last year, I determined that it was actually March, which, I mean, we're splitting hairs there, but um, I think we had some some minor facts wrong <laughs> during our conversation. But we had a great time. Davey and I uh, became fast friends. You know, he's he's an easy guy to talk to. He's very friendly. I love the tone of his voice, whether he's singing or just just having a conversation with me. I, I love listening to the guy talk uh, for what he has to say. And like as I said, the the tone of his voice it's so raspy and and cool, and it just fits uh, punk music so well, uh, which is a genre that I grew up listening to. Um, if you're a fan of the show, you'll you kind of know that already. So let's get right into it here. Here's my conversation with Davey Knight of Debt Cemetery. Yo, fuck, sorry, dude. That's okay. I, um, I, uh, I realized my computer, I was getting some weird lag, and I realized my computer was on, like, our, like, extension network. Oh. It was this abnormally, like, long uh, apartment <laughs> where, like, we don't get Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Like the, so, and I'm, like, halfway there. So, like, yeah. So, yeah, that's way better. This is way better. <laughs> is Was that the problem for my mic, too? Yeah, think? I think I think it was. All right. I think it was, it was like, uh, yeah, just, like, a weird, like, one of those, like, digital lag kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Well, that's good as long as we're on back on track now. Yeah, back on track. Sick. So, fuck, Davey Knight. Thanks for being here, man. I I have... When I walked into... Was it Jimmy Jazz you guys played at last year? Jimmy Jazz, yeah, yeah. That was really cool. So I walk into Jimmy <laughs> Jazz, and, like, of course, I was working night shift, so I, I come in late, right? Like, always. Because it was a late show, which was perfect for late me. Late show, yeah, yeah. And and you guys were on, and I didn't have no fucking idea who you guys were. I was there to see Frank Dukes because, like, an absolute douchebag at their last show in that January where they played with one of my favorite bands, Somehow Hollow. Yeah. I watched in, No, no, in... Uh, oh, in Hamilton, Hamilton. In Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So Scott from Frank Duke sends me a, t- a text or I don't know if it was like on Facebook or whatever, but he's like, hey, we're playing the show Somehow Hollow. I know uh, I know you're a big fan of them. We've been talking to them. Do you want to be on the guest list? I'm like, yeah. 
sick. Let's let's do it. That's amazing, dude. It's uh, I'll, I'll be there. Then, of course, uh, I'm working night shifts. I wake up. I feel like shit. I have a shower. I race fucking down there. I miss their whole set, man. Frank Dukes puts oh. me on the guest list. I miss the whole fucking set. So yeah. I'm like, the next time you guys are playing, I'm fucking for sure coming. Of course, it was in Guelph, which is like 15 minutes from where I live, which is perfect. Uh, so I, I stroll into Jimmy Jazz, and you guys are on stage. And I'm like, these guys fucking rip. Like, who is this band? So I'm like trying to figure out, like, based on the merch. And I'm like, okay, they must be these guys. So then you come off stage. I go right over to you. I try to get like a fucking disc from you, and you guys don't have any. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. shit. I'm like, no fucking. They were like CDs. just. They were like just being printed at the time. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, cool. I you guys fucking like kicked my ass. I think I caught maybe half the set, maybe a little less, because I like I said, I, I was walking in late, and it was a late show, which was fantastic. Yeah. But I still got there a bit late because of this shit shift work that I work. But mm. uh, I was super impressed with what I heard, man, and I've been like a huge Thanks, fan man. ever since. I was a little bit. That was, a, that was a unique show. We tried out our uh, the guy that was playing bass that night. No shit. We we tried him out um, that afternoon at Frank Dukes's jam space, like a couple hours before the show. Wow. So that was pretty cool. That was. Uh, and he managed and I was to. Just, he managed to oh, get yeah, he, it all. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah, he killed it. Holy fuck, that's amazing. I am not yeah, that kind it was, of musician. It was pretty cool. <laughs> he actually, me and him had had like a one-on-one jam before, but it was like. You know, it's always different when you step into a room with a bunch of uh, new faces yeah. and then you got to like play these songs plus the stress of the, oh, well, you're already here. We're already in fucking Cambridge. Yeah, dude. And uh, the show's in Guelph. So, yeah, that was cool. That was, uh, yeah, that was, that was a really fun show, man. So how did you get hooked up with him then? How did he, like, did he just reach out to you guys or were you looking for a bass yeah, player? Yeah, it was just kind of like a buddy through a buddy and we were looking for a bass player at the time. And, yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't like really work out with him. But yep. so we got it. We got we we had a kind of a weird lineup shift uh, through uh, 2020. But like we're okay. sitting pretty steady now with like a pretty rock solid lineup and uh, currently recording some new some news tracks. Oh, so nice. That's pretty. Yeah, pretty cool. I yeah, you, you and I were talking and it sounds like you got a new guitar player, too. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. His name's uh, Bill Morton. He he plays in like a shit ton of bands. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's got his own band called Your Pal Bill. Um, I've heard he plays of that band. In, yeah, yeah, they're they're he's extremely talented. He plays every instrument very well. Um and yeah, we just kind of reached out to him, sent him a demo, like was like, "Hey, can you play on this?" Yeah. and he he fucking crushed it and we're not going to look back. So So who did you replace? Yeah. The guy that had the beard and the and the silver SG? Oh, uh, no, that's Eddie. He's he he's but there was there? another guy. There's another redhead guy with a beard. Um who was a left-handed guy, and he he who also played an SG actually. Oh, so yeah, he 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 was the one that just got replaced. So oh. it's all good. I mean, fuck, man, when you're in your 30s, it's tough to uh, have expectations of like band members. But when you're trying to do stuff, like every everyone's just on their own fucking schedule, and once the you know COVID hit and stuff, everyone's lives just shifted and stuff. So yeah, of yeah, course, it's, man. it's looking it's looking pretty good for the for the next batch of songs. So I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited, man. Anything new that you guys put out, I wanna I wanna hear it right away because it's fucking like Thanks, like man. I said that that three song I was I was so uh, basically disappointed that it was only three because I thought it like I'm like I'm gonna buy this and and it's gonna release a whole bunch of other songs, but it's just a three song yeah. EP, EP or whatever, which is I, fine. The the songs are great. I just wanted more. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think the I think the EP actually hadn't like officially even released by then. We were just we were like slow rolling out a couple singles, and uh, that was like February last year, right? Probably it was like this time last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. It really was. It was yeah, Feb. Man. It was exactly February because I I remember that. Yeah, it was the next that's month. Cool. Like I said, after that other show, and then 
I, I mean, I had to get to Frank Duke's show. I, I like Frank Duke's too. I think they're a great, oh, fucking dude. great band. One of the best moves I ever made was just making buddies with those guys. Yeah, they're so fucking cool. Yeah, they are, and they're so they're so supportive of uh, other bands, which I I think is just fucking it's worth its weight in gold, man. Yeah, like having friends like that, just who are willing to just like you know post about a music that they're not so involved in and stuff. It's, it's fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. Uh, music scenes need people like that. You know? Oh, yeah. To have a, a whole band of guys like that is fucking killing Yeah, Scott, Scott's driving, like, the Cambridge stuff, you know, right along pretty well, man. Like, with his, like, now he's got the, the Pink Lemonade's record going, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. So he's, he's making some moves, and he puts on a lot of shows, which is amazing. Like, he was doing the Scout Hut shows, uh, which is an old, weird venue. Well, I, went, I went to a Scout Hut Did you? Uh, Halloween show. Uh 2018. I was I was the only person that fucking wore a costume, and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was like I went to like I bought like a. It's the only time I've ever bought a bag costume, <laughs> and it was this wicked like fucking. It looked like a shark. Shark was like eating me, and like oh, half yeah. the person's hanging out. It was amazing. I was so <laughs> stoked on it, and I show up, and not a single person's in a costume. Not even like the kids, the, the people's kids that are at this show. It was like. Whatever, I just gotta own this, you know. That's so funny, man. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Really right. cool venue. It, you know what? I'd never played there before, even though I'd been in the sort of you know quote unquote punk scene when I was a kid. And we had our band, which was fucking terrible, and that's completely my fault. I was like the primary songwriter, and I'm not a songwriter. I know that about. Yeah. I've realized that about myself uh, over the years. But uh, yeah, I, we were just we weren't great, so we just played. Some other like little small places, like we had a place here in town called the Refugee Cafe, mm-hmm. and we played there a bunch. And but I never played the Scout Hut. So when a couple of years ago, when Scott uh, Scott was like, "Hey, do you guys want to play uh, a Scout Hut show?" and I was like, "I'll talk to the guys." And and I I kind of did. It's funny because I'm like not an original member of that band, but I seem to be the one that always tries to set up the shows. So oh yeah, uh, they were all on board. We played there, and I was shocked at how good the sound was in that place. It's a cinder block building. Really good, yeah. You know what I mean? And then we yeah. played not long after, like a few months later, we played uh, a place called the Kiwi, which is like just a little pub that always has like live music and the sound was yeah. garbage compared to like the right. Hut. So it's it's fucking cool. And I like that he's keeping it alive and he's trying to keep putting on shows there and he works with the city and sets it all up. It, it, that All, all yeah. that shit takes work, man. You know what I mean? I know. And the, the trust in people to not fuck it up is also like a huge factor, yep. right? Like, yeah. We had a couple of venues like that when I was growing up in Burlington and like, you know, all it takes is like a couple drunk people, even just leaving like beer cans laying around like, you know, yeah, these recreation centers, they they don't want that, man. No, it's it's tough. No, man, it's in like they're they're so hypercritical of what you're doing in there. Like, clearly, it's a it's a has to be a dry venue because there's no liquor license in there or anything like that. Yeah, but yeah, fucking yeah, everybody's sure. drinking and doing something in the parking lot. Yeah, right? yeah, for, for so, real. And you got to be so careful with it because as soon as you fuck it up, they won't let you back. You know, like I worked for for sure. I worked for the city of Cambridge for fifteen years, and I know what they're like. And if you, you know, if you make one mistake, <clears throat> if you're a promoter and you don't do the right thing and you get caught, like it's it's over. They're not going to give you the permit anymore. So, hundred percent. Oh, you know, it's a testament to how how well he runs those shows that they're still able to go on. You know, yeah. in spite of everything else and. And he, you know, he set tight timelines. He told us, you know, we had a, a, it was a firm, I think it was 40 minutes or something like that, or maybe it could have been 45. Yeah. But, uh, 
you know, it was nice that that he was just willing to put it on, so we had a place to play. Like I, I always want, I want to play every show we can get, but those guys, oh, dude. <laughs> the guys I'm in the band with, don't really want to write new music because it's not their thing anymore. You know what I mean? And, and meanwhile, right, I'm right. still in love with like with punk and pop punk, right? And I just want to play it all the time. So it's here, it gets man. tough. That's why that's why I played in three bands. <laughs> yeah. How old are how old a guy are you? You said you're uh, in your 35. 30s. 35. 35. Yeah, so you're not much year, younger yeah. than me. I'm 39. I just turned 39. Okay. So yeah, I, yeah. I I thought you were for some reason I thought you were in your 20s still. I thought you were a young guy. That's uh, that's just the uh, you know, allure I try to keep, you know. The youthful appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, so, man. I, I'll take that as a huge compliment. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. I honestly, I I had no idea how old you were. I I was like watching you, looking at some pictures and stuff. I'm like, this guy is young. I don't know. I don't can't couldn't wrap my mind around absolutely. how. Absolutely. Yeah. So you like you said you, you're in a few bands. So obviously you're in Dead Cemetery, which we I don't yeah, know Dead Cemetery. Said that's like my fucking. It's my baby, you know. Yeah. It's like I don't know if you know this, but like I um. <clears throat> I, that EP was like self, I self funded it. I played everything but drums on it. No shit. And, uh, and it was just like, and then, so it was just, I've never done this before. I've never even fucking really written a song before. So wow. it was so weird for me to like seek members and like, thank fuck. I found Eddie, man. He, he made it all the guy with the silver SG. Yeah. He, he made it all fall into place. Uh, or so it's you know, and and we found this rock solid drummer Nick, and just like everything just started working from then. So, right. uh, uh, yeah, man. It, it so it's just it's my baby. It's it's a you know we probably won't be putting out like full length albums, but like even if we can do like a couple tunes a year, like yeah. I'll be so happy with that. You know, dude, it's fucking awesome. You should be putting out full lengths. Like you guys should like. Well, I mean, we're just. We're, the, my brain doesn't work like that. Like yeah. I w- those three songs on the on the EP, yeah. like I uh, that was just a struggle for me to get out. Uh, really? Because I'm just I'm just not I'm not that much of a songwriter. I'm I'm usually like more of a collaborator. Like someone can bring an idea and I can yeah, you yeah. Know, shake it around and like and see what you know. That's what I was, that was my role kind of in family meeting. Uh, my band before Dead Cemetery, yeah. which was is like, awesome by the way too. Family meeting. Oh yeah, is thanks terrific. man. That was cool, yeah. It was mainly one guy writing songs, and then he'd bring it to the table, and I would try to put like kind of a, you know, a producer's touch, if you will, mm-hmm. on it, and mm-hmm. just kind of cy- cycle through ideas. And uh, did you see were you works. singing in that band? So like, I played bass uh, in the the beginning stages of it. We had uh, we had this guy Josh Riley. He he sings like the guest vocals on kind of sort of maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so he was the lead singer and he, and he had just moved here from Australia Oh wow! and things were looking good. And then he got a crazy good job offer yeah. a couple of years later, um, in Australia and was kind of like, okay, guys, I got to move home. Yeah. And then he was like, well, I want to pass the torch to you. Will you be the lead singer? And I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that. We did that last EP, uh, walk left, stand right. Yep. And it was like. I wrote a song about him, and I'm like, okay, so it's only fitting if I sing that song, you sing another song, and then we'll like duet this one song together. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. That's actually the coolest musical thing I've ever done was like do a duet with one of my buddies. That's fucking like, it's every time I listen to it, I'm just like, that's so cool. Like, yeah. it's like you know, like like a Disney movie or like Grease or something. You know, <laughs> Dude, it sounds great, honestly. Like that whole all that stuff. Like I listened to that all last mm. night because you sent me that link late. Like you sent yeah, me all yeah, the yeah. other stuff to the other bands, and then yeah. you sent me that one yesterday morning, and yesterday, then I listened yeah, to yeah. it all at work, and I couldn't turn it off. I'm like, 
I'm like, this is fucking great. It 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 checks all the boxes for me. You know what I mean? Like cool. all the stuff that I like about the the old bands I used to listen to when I was in high school, like all those Fat mm-hmm. Records bands. Like it's got great guitar work, gu- guitar harmonies, vocal parts, yeah. vocal harmonies. Like it, it sounds like perfect. And the recordings are great too. Like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. We worked with recordings. a really really good um, Toronto engineer. Sam Guayana, he did like a whole bunch of stuff for like Like Pacific and Seaway and uh, just a big like a bunch of big like bigger local pop punk bands that we were like, okay, like if we're going to come out as a new band, like let's fucking come out swinging, like spend the money and we owe it to ourselves, right? Yeah. So I went to recording school like in like 2008 and just like um, it just kind of. You know, I've always been striving for, like, good quality recordings. Sure. And then it's like, okay, you know, it clicked in family meeting. Like, let's just spend the extra couple hundred bucks and it's going to sound great. And, you know, you get to work with, like, a professional guy and then you get more, um, you know, perspective for future recordings, even if it's not with him, right? Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Anytime you get to work in a real studio with, like, real producers and stuff, it, it... I'm sure it only, like, ups your skill for everything else, right? You kind of learn their tricks and you can pass it along. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what? So what happened with that? With that band? Then it was just because the singer. Um, left? there was a little bit of like a fallout oh. with um with me and the the drummer. Um, you know, it was just it was really dumb stuff, and it and then it was just kind of like, okay, well he's done, and then um, Steve, the guy that was writing most of the songs, he yeah. had to pull out. He he wasn't. Uh, you know, he had some shit going on, and then by default, the other guitar player pulled out. Next thing you know, it's just me. We were supposed to record um, an EP that was like, you know, two of these uh, Dead Cemetery songs in one way or another were maybe slated to be on that, and okay. uh, so I was just like, well, fuck, like, you know, I'm I'm just kind of I'm a driven musician, no matter what, and I'm like, you know, so it was like. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to take a few months, not do the EP in the time that we said that we were going to do it, yeah. and then uh, just kind of tried to get my shit together. I tried to gather up some other musicians to, like, help me out with it, and it was just, I just had terrible luck left, right, and center, like, you know, just the classic, like, flaky musicians kind of thing, and yeah. uh, so I was just kind of left... <laughs> even actually the one guy bailed um the morning of his guitar session no so shit. it was just like all right fucking like we'll just you know I, I just had to accept like hey i have to just do this yeah like not even as like an egotistical thing like i love i'm a very like uh, um self-conscious musician especially if no one else is there to like bang ideas off of but sometimes you just got to do it and you and, oh, yeah. and we all owe it to ourselves as musicians and artists to push our boundaries and yeah. uh, I learned a lot about myself and, and my limits and things I, I want to achieve for like future recordings or sure. just you know just playing and stuff so yeah so what so you said you played all the instruments on that except drums yeah so what did you start playing like what was your primary instrument when you got started into music I oh music uh, bass guitar bass guitar I wanted to play drums so fucking bad me too and so bad I would beg my parents oh please drums and they're like no it's too loud one of my cousins got a drum kit he was like this older like cooler guy played in a band I thought it was just like amazing right oh yeah totally Uh, and then and they were just like no it's too loud it's too loud and then um, you know I had a buddy that played guitar I had a buddy that played drums and I was like 
All right. Well, I can uh, play bass in uh, my music class in like in like grade eight. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's where I started, and then my you know asked my parents to if they could buy me a bass, and they were like, oh, "That's the most quiet instrument around." Like for sure, <laughs> for sure. And uh, and yeah, that's where it started. Played bass like exclusively for a few years. Yeah. Picked up some guitar here and there, and uh, yeah. But it's amazing you were able to play all those guitar parts on that. Like, you say you picked up a guitar a little bit over the years, but, like, clearly you're a pretty decent guitar player because you recorded all those parts, (laughs) and they sound pretty good. I mean, I play. I I, I try to play, like, a lot, you know. It translates pretty easy over to bass, I feel, too. Yeah. Um, And so, like, I play play drums technically in Gnarly Horse. Oh, yeah. Uh, I played those tracks that I sent you. I played uh, drums on those, and I... But we're down... Two of the guys moved to Hamilton, and they're like new dads, so it's like it's just super yeah. hard to like orchestrate anything. So we're yeah. kind of down to being like a, a two piece band right now. So right, we don't. I think I might move to like <coughs> guitar or bass, and um, we <laughs> if shows are a thing again anytime soon, we might just. Uh, we like we record we record all our own stuff anyways. We yeah. might just like pre-program <coughs> whatever backing tracks we need, and right. just kind of give her as like a two piece or something. Yeah, I, dude, I I think like that band's really cool too. By the way, I, I just want to say like all the stuff you sent me. Like whenever somebody sends yeah. me links to to music, I get fucking scared. I get scared yeah. because I think to myself, if I don't like this, there's no fucking chance I can tell the person I don't like it. And thank I God, know. all the stuff you sent me was great. Like Gnarly Horse is so like the the Weezer influence comes through like crazy, which is amazing because I love old Weezer, like me Blue too. Album Weezer and Pinkerton, like fucking amazing and so and that's what it sounds like and yeah. that's what like yeah, I they were a band I joined uh, them after they uh, parted ways with their drummer right and uh, they're just old buddies of mine and Carter the the main songwriter he he's just he's a Weezer head he loves everything right you know, he loves all their material and you know, anytime that we were ever at like parties and there was a guitar around, I'd be like, "Hey, man, can you play? Can you just play for me?" Like, yeah. you know, um, in the garage or whatever. And like, yeah, it definitely comes out in his writing. And I always oh, loved that absolutely. about them. Like, a, a, they had like two EPs before I joined the band. And I was like, "Oh, nice!" I fucking love the Pinkerton Blue album sound. Like, yeah, it's so it just makes me feel so good. Yeah, you know? totally. And that's exactly like the first song. Um, I think, I think I was at work. I hadn't listened yet, but I was at my desk and I and I popped into YouTube. I popped Gnarly Horse into YouTube, and what came up was that video with all the claymation, right? Like, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I play like, on that stuff, but it's so good. Oh man, it's so good. I'm like, this shit is yeah. amazing. I'm like, I love this. And then I put it on Spotify when I went my, when I went, got in my truck and like listened to the rest of the stuff. And yeah, yeah, which yeah, it's killer. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed um, Carter's writing uh, style and. It's it just it gives me the all the feels, man. And, yeah, and it's fun to play <laughs> power pop stuff like that. And well, of course, uh, yeah, that's that's always been like where my heart has been is in this power pop. And like, like I said, I've never been able to write stuff like that. Like my stuff was garbage. It was like, it was like fucking shitty Ramones music. You know what I mean? It w- and it wasn't fat. Like we didn't play fast enough as far as and it was all like the guys I was in a band with in high school. They were they're great guys. They were two of my like best friends of the time. And I just fucking ruined our relationship because I was a terrible guy to be in a band with. Like, I thought yeah. there's one guy, like, in my mind, it's it's one guy who writes and fucking steers the band. He's the front man. He does all the shit. And they'd, they'd always try to collaborate and say, hey, you know, let's let's do this or let's do that. And yeah. I'd always say, nope, we're fucking 
keeping it simple and was the worst mistake ever. You know what I mean? I didn't grow at all as a musician that whole time. Yeah. They did. They got way better at their instruments, and I'm, I just kept. I'm glad fucking. you said that though, because like that's what I strive for, and yeah. like I'm, I'm fucking doing it st- small strides, but like growing as a musician is so crucial, and the people that don't want to are the people that are like, oh, I I don't have time to play guitar anymore. I'm like. Sure, you can find an hour to play guitar yeah. in a week. In a week, you know, yeah. like, uh, dude, if I can, you know, if I can work night shift and and play overnight when I have zero motivation to do anything when yeah. I'm awake. Oh yeah, Friday. The motivation is the hardest part, yeah. dude. Yeah, for real. I'm I'm extremely unmotivated, and um, that's why I I would have failed had I not found an actual band to play with because. Yeah. The self motivation is so fucking tough. You yeah, know? man, and that's. I why wish I could say I was like sitting at home and playing scales all day and shit, but like I don't. Do I that tip either. my hat to those guys yeah. that do and can. You know? I don't do that either. I I can't. I just I find it way too boring. Like, I took lessons as an adult because I wanted to get better, yeah. and my guitar teacher was amazing. And I, again, like I he gave me shit to practice, and I would do it here and there, and then I would just it would just fall off my fucking radar. And then I wouldn't, yeah. and I wouldn't do it anymore. I and then to I would so forget. bad though. If I could play like a whole Wilhelm scream song yeah. by myself, I would die oh, of happiness. You, dude, you could do that. Guaranteed. I don't know, do dude. Their shit's crazy. It is. It's I recent, difficult, but you could do it. I recently just did a, uh, a collaborative cover with some buddies, and yep. uh, and I was like, yeah, maybe I could take on bass. And then I'm listening to the bass. I'm like, I can't fucking play that. So yeah. we got a, we got a guy who's extremely good at bass and just yeah. fucking nailed it. So I just I just did just vocals because I'm like, you know what? I think that's the thing I'm most confident with. Yeah. I can play power chords. I can play like root notes, but like, yeah. you know, whatever. Dude, so. your voice too. That's another thing I wanted to bring up in Dead Cemetery. Like that that tone fits that music so good, dude. Like, have you always Thanks, had that man. raspy voice? Like, where did, where did you get that? Is, it, is that from singing over <laughs> the years or how did you develop that? Um, Probably from beating the shit out of it. Uh, that's, that's what I was thinking. I've had, I've had, I've had some like issues in the past and stuff um, with like definitely overdoing it and just over partying and not drinking water or like warming up. Um, yeah. It's funny because I've actually recorded the Dead Cemetery vocals twice. The first time I like, I was like in this vocal booth. I couldn't see the engineer. I was and have you ever like heard a talkback mic, dude? They're so jarring. No. When this like this mic comes on and it's like only in your headphones, you have no visual cue, and it's just so loud. And they're just like, I'm doing it again, kind of thing. And it's just like, <laughs> so between that and like, I was just giving it too hard on the vocals. The dude sends me uh, the tracks back, and um, and I'm like, I fucking hate this. I'm like, I'm I'm to- too rasping. Like like, uh, do you know who off what their heads are? Like I was in that kind of territory, yeah. Where it's like he's just he's got a really nice raspy voice, but putting it on a li- like a little hard, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was like, okay. Let's do another session. I'm going to like clean it up on my end. And then hopefully like the natural rasp of my voice comes out, get a nice hot mic. And yeah, that's my like, that's my plan from now on. Like every time I find myself singing too hard, I'm either like drinking too much booze <laughs> or like, or just, or just putting too much passion into it. And, just, yeah. and I got to take it down a little bit. So I appreciate that though, man. It like, sounds great, man. Honestly, like, yeah, yeah. Like when I, I mean, my dad, my dad has a really raspy voice. So I he? figure like maybe I'm just growing into a raspy oh, voice. It's you know? very possible, man. It's very possible. <laughs> and that's why I wanted to like, I wondered, I was like, I hope he hasn't just 
fucked his voice from singing hard all the time because yeah. that's hard to come back from. Like that takes a lot I of know, work to get I know. It back. And and the like the when family meeting first started, I had I I lost my voice for like two years. Holy dude. shit! And I was I kept going to doctors and they're like, you just need to rest. And I work as like an AV tech, right? So when you work freelance AV, it's like fucking you're working like three shifts a day yeah. just to just to get like a, a solid 12 hour day so yeah, yeah fucking nights and days and like you know tons of coffee and no sleep yep. and i was just burnt out and like i'm so glad it came back but man there was a while where i sounded just like a dog with its fucking bark <laughs> taken away from it like it was brutal yeah. And there's even like early demos of like me trying to show our singer like how to do it. And I'm just like, <laughs> like nothing's coming out. And like, shit. So like now, now I'm like, even if I'm not like, even if we're playing a show and I'm not feeling so good, like the 12 show, yeah. def- still warm up, still drink some fucking tea. Like yeah. I'm trying to like, t- you know, be a, a singer now because I've, 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 I've never done been a singer so yeah. now it's like i got i gotta fucking do it you know right right yeah you gotta take care of yourself man for sure 100 percent. were you not feeling well at that guelph show i went to a show the night before and um there was this guy there that uh this re- he was in this really cool band called bathurst from toronto and like kind of know each other mm-hmm. so we just like we had a had a drink and next thing you know we're like fucking going hard and partying and then someone's like hey there's an after party and we're like hey let's go to that after party together <laughs> so it's just like i just i lost track of like hey I have a show tomorrow yeah and i took and it was february so we go to this you know and like i was out all night the yeah. night before and i was just my voice was a fucking mess dude and i felt terrible because i'm like you know what if one of my bandmates did this i'd probably be fucking pissed so i was like really mad at myself yeah. for that you know, but it whatever it happens. Yeah, it sounds like the complete opposite of me before <laughs> I either go to a show or play a show. I always like hibernate for like fucking two weeks to make sure I don't catch anybody's like this was before the pandemic. This was before everybody was afraid of getting sick. Yeah, but I've always been afraid of getting sick before I see a show that I really want to see or before I play a show because those are two of my favorite things ever in life. I know performing oh. and seeing live music. And if Dude, I fucking being get sick, sick when before, you're, when you're attending the show is the oh, worst. When, it's, you're, the when it's all, worst. when it's all hot and you have the sniffles yep. and it's just like, Oh my God, get me out of here. Yep. Absolutely. It's the but fucking worst. I agree. Those are my two favorite things to do too. And that I was just, I was pretty pissed at myself, but it was a fun <laughs> show. Like, uh, and, and I'm lucky enough to have talented enough bandmates where right. I'm like, Hey guys, I can't, necessarily hit all the high notes tonight and they're they all fucking stepped in yeah. and that's the kind of musicianship that i'm always yeah. like seeking and after and and feel it feels really good to have guys behind you like that it sounded it sounded great anyway man i did I had no idea you weren't feeling well but the uh dude you know what you know what i don't know if you noticed but like um have you ever seen that the the queen um biopic uh we are the champions. Oh yeah, yeah. With yeah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. With the dude from uh, Mr. Robot. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Dude, I got Freddie Mercury at that show. I was like, I, I. <laughs> it was the first show that I was like, uh, I had like my my straight stand uh, on on stage, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm doing like this thing where I'm like not holding the mic at yeah. sometimes or whatever, and I passionately grab my mic stand, and the fucking top it shaft came out. pulls yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I was just like, I do remember. Holy shit! And then I was just like, and I'm like, 
just go with it. Like, oh, luckily yeah. my brain was like working and then I got to like <laughs> kind of like air guitar to it and stuff. That was so, I, I think I might just do that every show from now on. <laughs> I do but, like, remember that, that specifically because I was laughing at it. It's like there was a number of weird, like little weird things that happened that were off putting for the bands that were playing. Like Scott's, Scott's whole rig just shut down and just fucking. Uh, oh, magically man. unplugged from the wall mid-song. I know. Which I don't even know how that happened because if it's plugged in, how does it come out? Like nobody touched it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how did that See, thing These come are out the, of the AV wall? ghosts, yeah. man. Yeah. And and as an as an AV guy, as soon as something as soon as I see a one light flicker, I'm fucking like, eh, yeah. thinks it, you know. know and then so and then it's like, oh well, Jimmy Jazz too, it's like, well, fuck, you have to like walk through the band to like go see I, I what's know. going on i know <laughs> it's chaos it's a cool place i just wish everything was a little bit uh and it's gonna sound this is gonna be my fucking old man coming out of me now but i wish it was just a little bit um everything was so fucking loud that it like yeah it overpowered everything like if, if i feel like if everybody had just turned their amps down like two fucking notches it would have been perfectly fine you know what i mean that's but it was my, so that's loud my that's like the thing I, I, you tell it's so fucking hard too though because like as, a, as someone when you plug in your guitar and you, you can't hear yourself the only the only reasonable explanation is for you to turn off and yeah. shit yeah for me i always try to tell people like keep it as loud as the kick drum because and and because like it's so cru- especially in punk it's so crucial for everybody to hear the kick drum and not and not put it through the PA on a, yeah. on a small like <laughs> yeah. when the when the amps aren't mic'd and stuff. So yeah, totally, know. man. And we and like, but you know what? That place actually sounds pretty good it, in terms of like small loud loud venues. Yeah, like, it does. I've heard way way worse. And oh yeah, they're the most generous fucking people to to be to allow free punk shows. Like man, yeah. I was going, I was partying in my twenties. Um, early twenties in Guelph a lot. I had some buddies that went to university there. Okay. And, um, like we were going to club vinyl all the time, which yeah. at the time it was like, that was my punk club. Like we were seeing, we were seeing like, you know, trash Terry or whatever, seeing shows yeah. there. But if I knew fucking what Jimmy jazz was, I would have been like, okay, you guys go to like trappers. I'll go to Jimmy jazz, catch <laughs> a free show and yeah. I'll meet up with you at the end of the night. Like a place I would hang out there every day if I lived in Guelph. Guelph is it's a sick. crazy city for like live music too. Like when we were kids, the trash was, the trash was yeah. ultimate. Like it was that was. I've the seen fucking, so many good shows there. Oh man, I saw so grade, many. I saw grade there, and it was fucking awesome. The sound was so good. They were amazing. They played amazing too. But uh, I saw um, Strike Anywhere and oh, Comeback wow. Kid there. Oh nice. It was, it was so sick, and like just <laughs> countless amazing shows and like again growing up in Burlington Guelph was only half an hour up the road like just fucking take yeah, uh, highway 6 up like yeah yep. super close so yeah that place is incredible that Burl- especially when like when the Toronto equivalent of some of those shows was like a five eight hundred person show yeah. but it's like but you otherwise you get to go to Trashteria see this sick band play on this tiny stage in front of like what like a hundred people or oh, yeah. whatever? Yeah, hundred, hundred and fifty, so whatever sick. it holds. Love it, buddy. It was the best, man. Those were phenomenal, like phenomenal shows that we saw in, in Guelph and, and like and London too. I mean, Call the Office was always amazing. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Call the I've, I've been to a ton of shows to Call the Office. I, I feel I feel played bad. there a few times too. Have you? I yeah, would yeah. love to play Call the Office, man. It's I would amazing. Love it. It's really hot. 
I, oh, I it's believe the it. only state. It's the only time I've ever puked uh, during a set. I'm so <laughs> glad I had a wireless system. I ran out the back door and puked. Holy but, shit! And it wasn't just me. Well, it wasn't just me because <laughs> a guy from the opening band he he puked and he was like, "Oh, somebody bring me something. I'm gonna puke." And someone brought him like a bus bin from the bar and he puked into it. Oh. Um, and I was like, "Hey, it's not just me. Like that's, that's that would enough, that yeah. would be game over for me. It'd be it'd be lights out. I'd be like, we're not. I can't finish this show. As soon as I puke, it's like I need to like lay down for a bit." I don't know, man. I have so much adrenaline running through me when I play. I sometimes I black out and I'm just like, holy, like like Will Ferrell in old school. He's just like, oh, what happened? <laughs> oh man, yeah. The uh, I don't know what's happening with uh, Call the Office these days. I feel like it's might be closing down because of this, all this pandemic shit. Fucking, that would be a travesty because it's so <coughs> sick and they got like arcade games there now i don't know last time you were there not for a long time one of, one of the last times i went we went to go see strung out and red city radio nice because it was one of those things like they're playing at the opera house and yeah. they're playing at call the office right. so like that's a no-brainer so yeah we checked down there and um next thing you know we're playing fucking space invaders with rob ramos from strung out like holy was, shit it's the because cool, there's nowhere for the band to go. There's no green room. No, no. It's this. It's like a little backstage area that's like basically oh, like a so fucking, fucking hallway cool. behind the behind the back bar, and like I was supposed to see uh, the Bomb Pops there this year actually, and mm. uh, which I'm a huge fan of. It, I'm a I'm like a guitar player that really appreciates um, a good drummer. You know what I mean? Like, and, and not not sick. that not yeah exactly not that other other people don't appreciate a good drummer but i'm specifically a guy that wants to play with a really fucking good drummer and i love to see good drummers live and that josh guy i don't know what his last name is but he is killer man fuck like those tunes half the reason i like them so much is because his drumming is amazing you can tell he hits fucking really hard you can hear it on the recording right like the, the hits are real positive and real hard i fucking love that you know i feel like um that's the success um tip to be on a fat rec band too is to have a sick drummer because like if you don't and you're recording like a, a new fat release they're going to be like get a good drummer you oh yeah know? that's yeah, yeah. like the ticket to all of their albums have that phenomenal drumming quality speaking of fat have you guys been shopping your music around any of those labels or are you on a label no, um so it was like uh right basically during the conception of dead cemetery um we got signed to thousand island records uh right away because again like family meeting was on it and it was just kind of a natural progression um they're my friends they might have just thrown me a a bone on it or whatever (laughs) but like they let they liked the tunes when i sent them over and and uh um so yeah and you know they helped they helped us put out some cds and stuff so um yeah, so we're on Thousand Island Records. On honestly, like, and if we're gonna do like a vinyl, like maybe we'll we'll look for like another, um, like uh, outside of Canada label. But yeah. I, I I they're my favorite label, dude. Like yeah. I don't I don't give a fuck if I'm on them or not on them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're just so they're always just like trying to they're in it for like the punk rockers. Like yeah. even just a couple of days ago, they announced that they're now gonna carry. Um, 
Fat Wreck, Epitaph, uh, Pure Noise, like even distro stuff, just to make it easier for shipping for Canadians. Nice. Which is amazing. Yeah, so they'll bring it in. To get a Fat Wreck uh, album shipped to me is an extra like 12 bucks oh, I know. on top of I know. the... On top of the they're, like their vinyl's very reasonably priced, but once you factor in the American exchange rate or whatever, like, yeah. you know, otherwise you can just... Uh, and Thousand Islands, they, they even have like uh, free shipping over 80 bucks. So like just grab three records for rec- or whatever. And then it's like, that's a no brainer. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. So so where are they based out of then? They're out of Montreal, like no- the North Shore of Montreal. OK. Um, yeah. Dude, they're, they're great people. And then they've got a ton of great bands on their roster. And um, I'm very honored to be a part of. Their yeah. Fam- yeah. Oh, absolutely, family. man. Any anytime like those labels, even if they're smaller labels they're still important and like don't forget like super important like you know there's even labels like victory for example who were once a small label right and yeah, yeah, for sure. recently just sold i think for like i forget how many millions of dollars right like like a large sum i can't remember what the, what the number is but it was it's millions that they sold for and like that's incredible can you imagine a, a label like you know like thousand island or like even like scott's label like pink lemonade um growing to the point where they could sell for millions of dollars like it's, know, it yeah, seems insane real. to me that victory sold for that kind of money you know because like, i always saw victory as a smaller punk label and they well, got a shit ton up. of bands though shit ton like, of bands you know yeah yeah shit ton like more than you could keep track of really yeah yeah and, but i mean like it when you hear bands that were on labels like tank records victory records you, you didn't think they had really like made it you know what i mean but Oh, bless you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but uh, clearly they had because like they, it was a good jumping point and like bands like, obviously bands like Grade who were on Victory were an enormous yeah. band, right? Um, hugely influential to a lot of other hardcore bands that came after mm-hmm. them. So, I, I mean, I can see how they, how that label gained its notoriety, but when I heard what it sold for and I, I just, my fucking jaw hit the floor, you know, like it's insane. Like good, good for him. I, I forget what the uh, owner's Tony last name was. Brummel? Yeah, Tony. Uh, yeah. uh, like good for him man you know what i mean he did it yeah man yeah good for him like i didn't even realize that they got uh sold that's cool yeah it's insane man like when i saw that news and then i i think i heard uh i don't know if brad Catherine from from grade and somehow hollow uh was talking about it with the guy from that one time on tour chris swinney on his podcast or not oh, i don't know if that's sure, how i heard yeah. about it or not i can't remember but it's I, a great podcast. It's a great podcast. I love that one. I actually talked to him about being on this one a while ago, but this night shift stuff just got in the way, and then summer like came and went with the pandemic, and I just didn't really do much at all with it. But but I hope I to get him on. Freaking rock star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so cool. um, so I was just looking at my notes here before. Yeah. Um, so we, t- we were talking about you shopping around, but you've never got one of those fat records. Uh, no, I've never sent anything <laughs> to fat. Uh, I you mean, never got the I rejection letter. Never, never even thought about it to yeah. be honest with you. Like, I never thought to send them anything but Fuck like a full be. length or something. Yeah, you know what though? They're not looking for this kind of punk anymore, and I get that. You don't and, think so? And I don't think so. I don't think that there's any uh, other than pairs. Like, what other yeah. like what other like newer fast bands are on it? And pairs is like <coughs> they you know they 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 dive into like hardcore and yeah. like yeah. metal and like they're just fucking amazing yeah um but like i don't think that i don't think fat wreck is the answer to everybody's woes mm-hmm. for like the skate punk stuff you want there's amazing smaller labels out there that are all 
thriving with it and like yeah. let everyone else have their turn, right? Like mm-hmm. if I right Fat Wreck doesn't. Fat Wreck is based on like what Aaron and Mike both want to hear, or but the bands that they like, and that's sick. Yeah. They like really good music, but it's just it's not that like metallic kind of skate punk anymore. And if it is, it's like strung out or like Lagwagon, and they're just like Dynasty bands, anyways. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know bands like I guess there's the Teenage Bottle Rocket and you know Mast, yeah, Mast I, Intruder again, I, and bands like more, that. They're more in like the Ramones core esque yeah. uh, kind of thing. Yeah, which it's not I really fucking lo- which I love, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I absolutely adore that. Me too. Uh, subgenre. Of Me punk. too. I, I've been to Fest four times. I got to see all of those bands in the weirdest little venues and on big stages, and it's so fucking cool, man. And like, you had and you had a beer thrown at your face. At yeah, and I had a beer thrown at my <laughs> face. A whole fucking open or sorry, closed oh, tall can. Jesus Christ! I drank it. I drank the shit out of that beer, dude. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? If it was sealed. It's free. <laughs> yeah. So you made that trek down there four times, eh? Four t- four years in a row, actually. Oh, I was wow. just so like, man, it's like, have you been to Pooza Fest? It's like, no. Once you breathe the air in a festival like this, it's like the first time I've ever felt like I could be just me, like yeah. a punk rock loving black shirt camo shorts guy yep. and there's a million other people just like that around and everyone's just high-fiving and fucking chugging PBR and just oh man so yeah like I was so overwhelmed with my first year at Fest yeah. that like immediately getting home we're like when do we go back like yeah. wh- what's up for next year it's gonna be bigger it's gonna be better and we brought more friends every time and the, the last year I went, my girlfriend and I went, uh, I told her, I'm like, yeah, you got to see this place. It's so fucking cool. So we went down and needless to say, it was just so fucking, it was amazing. Yeah. I've, uh, uh, it, I, I've seen the posts and stuff. I would love to fucking go down there and see it. But the closest thing I've ever been to is like Warp Tour. You know what I mean? Like I went to Wakestock a couple of years in a row just because there was some yeah, bands yeah. playing that I wanted to see. And, yeah, that was uh, cool. But, you know, like. Warp Tour was amazing for what it was. Like as kids, it exposed us to so many, oh, yeah. so many bands that we never would have. Because this is like pre. I mean, you're you're old enough to know like a time before the internet, right? Like oh, for sure. Like, oh man, I didn't even have my first Warp Tour. I didn't even have the internet. Yeah, that's what I mean. I had to go. I had to get my mom to drive me down to Sunrise Records so yep. I could get a ticket. Yeah, me too. And then and then you know, uh, the only reason I could go was because. Um, I asked my dad, like, hey, will you drive me to this show, to this, like, festival? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, it's a, it's near, like, a Barry or Aurelia? And he's like, oh, shit, there's a casino up there? And then he, and then he's like, okay, yeah, yeah. And so he, like, he, like, got, he got my, my grandpa to come with him. They just spent the whole day at the casino. That's and awesome. Dropped me and my friends off at the gate. And, <laughs> man, what, what a mind fuck that was. Like, we didn't even know there were, there were side stages because yeah. it was like, we come in and, some 41's playing and then you know by the time you're like settled or whatever it's like dude i swear to god it was like this like no effects mxpx biff naked um and then you know you're out in the sun you're 15 years old like yep i i think three bands oh yeah green day was in that oh stretch god. as well that it was on awesome. the uh the, the warning tour holy fuck and and um it was just like all these huge bands that like to me, as a 15-year-old, these are the only bands that exist anyways, right? Oh, shit, yeah. And then Gob and Melancholin were the headliners. Oh. And then and then we're fucking toast. We're just like, okay, well, it's like 10 p.m. Our dad's got to drive yeah, us home or yeah. whatever. Um, and then, you know, like, 
I, you, you know, a year later, you hear people talking about Warp Tour and side stages, and, and I'm like, fuck, I didn't even know there were side stages, man. We were just running back and forth from this epic ma- ma- uh, yeah. dual main stage. That's an incredible lineup for, like, your first Warp Tour. Like, there's some oh, killer dude. bands on there, man. Killer. And, like, NoFX and MXPX, those were my introduction to punk. Yeah. So, like, seeing them both at, uh, you know, one of the first, like, big concert like i've been to local shows but yeah. like this was this was like out of control you know how and that's what i wanted to ask you like how do you remember how you got into punk like like do you remember the first time you really yeah. re- recognized what punk was i do i remember exactly um like you know like growing up i i had green day dookie and like nirvana on like cds and stuff but i didn't they were just in in the alternative section at like Sam the Record Man or like HMV or whatever, right? Um, so in like grade eight, my my buddy, he, like I'm an only child, so I was just like pretty just sheltered or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I knew what I knew, I just like whatever was available on the radio or like when right. on much music or whatever. Yep. Uh, my buddy had this like cooler older punk cousin, and he was telling them about like Gob and No Effects and stuff. So, um, yeah, he showed me no effects and I was like, wow, this is some crazy shit. And then in, uh, that summer, uh, me and my parents moved houses and, uh, I met this guy on my street. This, he was a year younger than me, but he was like so cool. He like skateboarded and like listened to punk and stuff. (laughs) And he showed me MXPX and I was just like, my face just melted. I was just like. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. And then he just showed me like everything that they had recorded up until that time. It was like right before, just as slowly going the way the Buffalo came out. Oh yeah. And then we we both got so obsessed with it, like to the point where, um, you know, and his parents like he was into them because his parents were like super Christians, like yeah. you know. And we we always wanted to go to these Toronto shows, and I'm like, hey mom. And dad, can I go see uh, Less Than Jake and the Suicide Machines in Toronto? <laughs> and they're like, I don't know. Will Matt's parents let him go? And they're like, no, there's the name Suicide in the title. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. Can't go to this one. So like, Shit. <laughs> but like, yeah. So it was, it, at least, you know, it was at least so, he had a buddy though. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was a little kind yeah, of canary in the coal mine. Dude, it, it, it opened my fucking world. Yeah. The following year I was going to high school and, um, I went to a, a, a battle of the bands just I, and I wanted to go see bands that were more like corn and like mm-hmm. biscuit style. That's the like mm-hmm, what I was mm-hmm. jamming on in those yeah, days. Yeah. And then this pop punk band Simpleton comes out and they they've got like the the cool like cuffed up jeans and like sweater vests and um, <laughs> and they start playing these amazing jams. I'm just like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah. And then started going to local shows and it was just game over. Like yep. I was just at every local show every weekend, twice a weekend, didn't matter what. Like I would just go down there early, volunteer at the shows, like whatever, whatever I got to do to get into the show, you know? Absolutely. And were you like, uh, like me and did you snap up all those compilations as they were coming out? Like, mm. like the fat records compilations. It was all I could afford, man. Me too. You yeah. know, like they were cheap and they had all the I hits on pay it. 20, I couldn't pay twenty four ninety nine on a grade nine's yeah. salary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like working like weekends in a kitchen. Like, yeah, no, stupid. man. So like, yeah, the $10 compilations, like I was all about it. Epitaph, Fat Wreck, um, Short Music for Short People, yeah. I think was the first one that I bought. I love and that I was one. Just like, this is so sick. <laughs> 
<laughs> like 101 songs like that's the you know that your ten dollars yeah. stretches so far oh my god you get songs. so much exposure to so many bands you know what i mean think about yeah. how many bands those compilations opened our eyes to you know like like i remember the first like green day it's funny you mentioned green day that's exactly what i did that was what i listened to before i knew what punk was you know, yeah, I, I liked, no, totally, yeah. I liked Ramones, I liked Sex Pistols, I liked Green Day, and I had no idea that punk was a genre because I was a young kid. I was like grade seven, grade eight, like you're saying. And then mm-hmm. my buddy Mike, who was like my best friend in grade school, his dad had like a huge CD collection and his uncle played in bands. And he said to me, well, if you like those bands, because I remember we were watching um, Here in Your Bedroom, the Goldfinger video. Goldfinger. Was, yeah, it was cool. on, on Much Music. And I said, fuck, I really fucking like these guys. And he's like, you probably like punk. And I'm like, what's punk? Like, I didn't even know what it was. No, it's I'm like, totally. I'm like, it's just rock and roll. And he's like, no, no, it's this is punk music, man. He's like, you, you probably like punk. So we went. Uh, the first CD I ever bought with my own money was Goldfinger, the one, the self-titled with the space booby girl yeah, on the cover. Of and I walked in HMV, bought that, and then saw that there was like a punk section, and then started buying those compilations, right? And just learning about all these bands, like. Lagwagon and Frenzel Rom and fucking Tilt That's and so cool. all these bands, right? And like all of a sudden, it's like that was it. And then you kind of, as you get into doing an adult, I sort of dropped out of it a bit and was listening to like garbage, like you know, classic rock, which is not. I mean, that's not bad. It's not garbage. I like I classic think it's rock. Pretty sweet. But it, I kind of fell out of punk and went to that more like, you know, just like more pussier shit. You know what I mean? And then finally, like <laughs> sometime in my late twenties, I'm like started listening to all my old CDs again and it's just been a 10 year ride ever since right and yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the thing that kills me is I finding new bands and that's why I like finding guys like you local good stuff and then it yeah. opens my eyes to other stuff because now with Spotify which I fucking can't stand but at least they give you suggestions for other bands right yeah I was gonna say it. like it, if you if you want to talk shit about Spotify like whatever but at least there's like a <coughs> if you like this like here's 15 other bands that you might be into yeah. I cruise that all the time man yeah if I'm ever feeling like oh I want to find something new something I don't know like I'll just cruise through the uh fans also like yep. section and like pre- it's pretty crucial yeah you know? yeah and and I get it like I, I, the thing I just don't like about Spotify is that every time I see that fucker's face that owns it, I just want to hit him because like he's yeah. he's so arrogant. He's a, he's a billionaire now off the backs of all these musicians who make no money. You know what I mean? And then he has the audacity to like make this app and force you to watch like a fu- if you don't have a premium, like if you don't have an account with them, like a, a paid account, you got to watch yeah. all these like ads and listen to all this bullshit. And then they'll play us like I'll be in my, my playlist and all of a sudden a suggested song will come on. And then I can't fucking skip it <laughs> because I only have so many skips per hour. But like, like, this is dude, bullshit. I, I'm on a I'm on a buddy's family p- plan. I yeah. pay four bucks a month. Yeah, and I hard to beat that. Stre- I stretch that four dollars. Oh, I'm course. on Spotify like all day, like podcasts. Oh, I believe it. I mean, the hardest the the hardest thing for me is that because of the way that Spotify is going these days. Yeah, and and podcasts definitely deserve to get paid money, like. You know, you guys are all putting in time and effort, and some people yeah. are doing this as a job, right? Yeah. So oh, yeah. like, they're they're definitely moving over to like other things like Stitcher, like get your free pre or get a premium account there. Yeah. For like exclusive content, that's the my only qualm with Spotify is like I can't get that even though I'm paying yeah. some kind of premium account. Yeah. Yep. But like, I I I would say I would challenge any other. Um, 
service to give me that good of a user experience. The yeah. only thing that they're missing is like a party play kind of thing where it's like if everyone's tapped into a wi- the same Wi-Fi, you should be able to all just throw songs to cool. one playlist. That would That's be cool. That's what I've been preaching for years. Yeah. You have to like make a collaborative playlist and then yeah. have everybody go on it and like add mm-hmm. songs in. It's kind of more of a hassle that way. Yeah. But like being able to like do like a party playlist. Like, yeah, just uh, uh, you used to be able to do it with um, this. This uh, uh, iTunes had this app called Remote and you, you could like get, you could like request next songs. So it's yep. like not yep. Yep. Interrupt, yep. interrupting the play of like plays the it as it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fucking sweet. You yeah, know? that is like, sweet, man. And, and more, and that's what I mean. Like these guys are making a lot of money, and and I know they're making a decent. Like Spotify does have a decent user experience. I just and I could I can easily afford to pay the ten bucks a month for Spotify. I just don't fucking want to because and th- and this thing is on like my podcast is on Spotify, but I don't host it on Spotify. I host it on SoundCloud, but um, I still pay for my SoundCloud account. But at least. I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird thing for me because like I you need these platforms to stream your shit, but at the same time when they're making so much money off of artists that are putting in the work and they're not paying them. And that that's what kills me about Spotify. I know. You know, and then you see yeah, this guy on no, TV and sure. he's just balling out of fucking control, you know, with, with yeah. what he's making. It's like, God damn it. Um your uh, your song tunes or your song titles are hilarious to me. So Thank you, man. That's <laughs> like that's what I'm going for. I knew it's I like, would like I knew I would like that dilemma song before I even heard it. When life gives you dilemmas, you make dilemmonade. And I, <laughs> I, I, I knew a, I was gonna a, like that song before I even heard it. That's a, it's a, I saw that. It's from uh, Full House. Danny Tanner. No it's shit. Danny Tanner quote. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He tells that to the of girls. Of course it is. Of course it is. But yeah, dude. Like what I want, what I'm trying to like pride myself on is like. Even if you don't like the music, at least like the song titles. We, I would like it for us to. Right now, I think we're three for three, where uh, we're the we our song titles are the only that title on Spotify. Oh, nice! Which, like to me, that's special. You yeah, know? it like, is because it makes it it's way like, easier to it's find. An, it's an easy search, yeah. and uh, and it's just some, it's something special because originality is fucking gone. It's, yeah. uh, we don't we don't play that original music. It, it's just out the window like all these people that are tiktokers they're fucking oh my they're create they're creating each other's videos same with youtubers they they see a prank video and eight thousand people have to go yeah do that exact same yeah. thing like yeah yeah i i love just a little hint of originality especially in what i'm doing so oh, I, I, I think you guys you are that, i man. think you guys are plenty original man i think it sounds great and it, like you it's weird because not like I feel like not a lot of bands locally are doing that kind of that kind of music. You know what I mean? And so it's it's important to hear local Canadian artists, especially from yeah. right right around where we live, like we live, Toronto, you know, Cambridge, mm-hmm. Guelph, London, still doing stuff like that and and having it be good. You know what I mean? Like it, it's plenty easy to try it, and if it's not good, well then it's not good. But when you can actually make something good and people want to hear it, like man, my fucking hats are off to you guys. I think you're you're being too Thanks, hard on man. yourself for real. That uh, stolen pens write faster tune. Yeah, that's obviously an homage to Grade. You're you're a great fan, are you? Hundred percent. Yeah, Burlington, Burlington, Ontario, yeah. born man. Yeah, uh, yeah. That Burlington funny, scene, like, man. It's like that was awesome. Oh fuck, it was amazing. And like so, what when I was like, um, my my buddy that introduced me to punk, like, uh, his, his, he had an older brother that was like into right into the scene and stuff, mm-hmm. and we were just too young to like go to shows on like Friday for yeah, you know, great yeah. 
he was grade seven, I was grade eight. Like our parents are like, no, you can't just go out on a Friday yeah. night. Like even if it's downtown, uh, and the, you know he'd come home and be like, man, there's these bands like Jersey and Great, and oh my god, everyone's just having the best time. And we're just like, oh man, I know it's I torture. There. So like, and then so when I started going to shows, Great was on this like hiatus. So they were just this like legend that everyone would just talk about in between bands, like out of the Smokers Pit or whatever. And um, so like, fuck, the first time somebody actually showed me them. The inefficiency of emotion. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, I've never really heard screaming before. I was yeah. like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. And then it easily became one of my favorite bands so quickly. I've seen them a million times Have now. Um, listening to your show with the Kassarin brothers yeah, was yeah. so cool. Yeah. Because, like, I was at so many of those shows that they fucking talked about. Yeah. And to me, they were just these crazy cool older guys right yeah, like yeah. they were the guys that worked at like west 49 and their yeah. girlfriends worked at west 49 and i was like <laughs> kid just going to west 49 after school just to like hang out and like and like you know look at skate decks yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. and there are these like older cooler guys and then you see them playing in bands and oh man so yeah that was really cool dude to how, hear. how the fuck do you think i felt i when i I found somehow Hollow, which was obviously the band that came after Grade, with plenty of oh, their ex members. They, they made a huge impact on the Burlington scene. And huge. You know, I, I think I found them on a compilation somewhere, like a free one that I got at like Warp Tour or something, like a victory. Oh, it was like, a victory compilation. Yeah. It was the song Cam. It was the song Cam, Cam Loops. Loops. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I have that CD. I play it and I'm like, holy fuck, who are these guys? And I look at the thing, it's somehow Hollow. So I go to HMV, like we always, like we did back in the day. Oh yeah. Buy the CD. There it is. Bust oh, yeah. the wings. And they had an older one too, but I'm like, I'm just gonna buy this this one first and see if I like it. I like every track on the fucking thing. Every single one. I'm like, this is my new favorite band. And they like I've no word of a lie, my fucking favorite band. Then I started traveling around to see them all. They were playing lots of Ontario shows. They're playing in Barrie. I would like on a work night, I would drive to Barrie to see them and drive home and get home at two in the morning, two thirty in the morning, sleep, go to work for seven. You know what I mean? Like just because oh, yeah. I wanted to see them play. And then I find out they're from Burlington, right? I get talking yeah. to them at these shows, and all of a sudden, they're the nicest fucking guys in the world. We, I become friends with all of them, and all of a sudden, Mike's like, hey, man, do you want to hang out one, one time? Like, do you want to just come what? up to my parents' place and air? And I'm like, yeah. So I fucking go to air. I'm shooting pool with Mike Kasserin in his basement while his dad's watching fucking hockey, and I'm like, is this real life? Like, my favorite band that I didn't even know was Canadian, all of a sudden, I'm in the bass player's it's well, bass, bass player, lead singer, front man, whatever you want to call him, in their basement, in his parents' basement, shooting pool. Like it felt fucking weird. And I said the same thing to Mike, and, and it kind—I think it kind of made him feel a little bit weird when I told him. But when I saw Grade in, at the Trash, and Brad came in with Kyle, and they were wearing yeah. all black trench coats, black jeans, black fucking chucks, right, or boots. I think Kyle had boots on, and Brad had chucks on. And I'm like. When I saw those guys come in, Mike, I'm like, your brother was like a legend to me. And to see him in person, and now that I've gotten to know you guys, it's amazing. I think I kind of put him on his heels because Mike was pretty instrumental, obviously, in in the success of Somehow Hollow. Like, his voice is amazing. I love his voice, too. And his bass sound is great. And I know Brad writes most of the tunes, but Mike has a big hand in it, too. So I think I kind of made him feel a little bit weird about it, and I didn't mean to. I just ha always had that feeling about Brad and Kyle and Grade in general being like this legendary band. You know what I mean? That we had always heard 
you know, grade, grade, grade. And, and again, I didn't know grade was Canadian. I had no idea. I just knew that they were this huge fucking hardcore band that was really influential to all these other bands that came after them. It's like every band. Yeah. Brad like, was the re- Brad was the reason I, I fucking went out and got dual um, nose piercing <laughs> because I'm like, this guy looks so fucking cool on stage. Oh. He looks like a fucking dragon. Yeah, yeah. And he looks um, epic. And I'm like, and I just fucking, I did it. I'm like, I want to look that cool. I I I thought those dudes fucking hung the moon. And like, oh, it's yeah. funny because I always saw somehow hollow as a three piece every time they came through Burlington. Yeah. Um, Funny enough, the first time I saw them, they opened for grade, which was the, my first time seeing grade. Yeah. And and Jersey played. So it was like actually this whole kind of like passing of yep. the torch yep. uh, in all ways. But yeah. So yeah, they, they were a three piece. And I was like, wow, this guy sounds exactly like uh, the singer from MXPX. And yeah. I made a point to go tell him that. that he night. loves he's MXPX. Like, he's like, you might be the only person that agrees with me. And he, he told <laughs> he told you that story on, on the podcast that they were on yeah. about how he put that on the sticker or whatever. Right? Yeah, that was my fault. That was my that was yeah. my little story. I reminded him. I, and I, again, another time that I put my fucking foot in my mouth. So Mike and I are at like the keg having drinks or something. I think he came and played hockey. I needed I needed players for like my pickup game that I had set, that I had organized with my guys from work. And so we're sitting there and I'm like, hey, man, whoever wrote that thing on that sticker, like they really fucking missed the mark, man. Like, I don't hear the MXPX. And he's like, actually, uh, I wrote that. And I was like, oh, fuck. I'm like, sorry, man. I'm like, I didn't mean to like cut like, you know, cut you down there, but I don't hear it. And he's like, you don't think I sound like like my career? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, I suppose. But I don't hear the influence in, in the rest of the band. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, we kind of like yeah. agreed to disagree. No, for sure. It's not it's not like major key like no, uh, MXPX. No. But definitely the voice, like yeah. so much, so yeah, much. no question. And I mean, like it definitely an influence on him. Just like, just like uh, Gnarly Horse has the the Weezer influence. Like Mike's 100%. definitely influenced by. We're owning, we're owning that though. We're own, we're owning that, dude. I, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. Um, so what, like talking about other styles of music, we were like we were just were a couple minutes ago. There, are yeah. you? What do you, what else do you listen to? Are you st- mainly a punk guy, like heavy metal, like heavy music type guy, like metal, or are you listening to other stuff? I try to just keep an open mind um, at all times. I do, there's a lot of there's a lot of hip hop that I do like. Um, I'm kind of a dinosaur uh, in terms of like old hip hop. Like I I like like what I like. I haven't yep. heard anything new that I love in the way that someone that uh, likes modern hip hop might not know what new punk's all about because they're not out searching for it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I am constantly searching for new punk. I fucking love it. I feel like my mission, I'm not a religious person, but I feel like my mission in life is I was put on this fucking planet to, like, spread the word about punk rock and how good it is. And I have some friends that, like, really like my musical suggestions or whatever. And yeah. I, even if one person is stoked on something that, like I'm posting about, it just means the world to me. So yeah, I absolutely in love with punk. I don't fucking care. Like I don't <laughs> think the age should be associated with anything, no. especially music. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Like I like some metal, um, you know, I, I don't know. There's sometimes I just like we all have these things that we we put up barriers and we're like, well, I don't like this about that or whatever. But mm. Like, so I'm just always trying to find. Uh, ch- I, I'm always challenging people like change change my mind. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you know, like f- t- show me a metal band that I will like. Like mm-hmm. you know, I really like Counterparts. So like that kind of like metalcore style mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I, I'm I'm mainly mainly a punk guy. I'm I'm always just yeah. searching uh, the skatepunkers dot uh, net and just uh, all cruising the all the Facebook page, mm-hmm. punk pages for for new suggestions and stuff. And it's so appreciated, man. Honestly, like we need. I need guys like you because that's that's exactly how I find new music. It, it's really hard for me to sit down and find find new stuff. And then when I think I do, like I Spotify suggested this band Zebrahead and it played a song and I was like, Oh, hey, they're like old. Old as fuck. And I didn't know that. I thought they were new. <laughs> and I'm like I'm like Zebrahead. They're I'm like, like a legacy band. Dude, and then I fucking looked up some of their stuff <laughs> online and it's not it's not what I like at all. Like that one song yeah, is great. I think that that I don't know. I fun, like I'm laughing here, but I don't yeah. even know much about that band. No, I do know that they're they're in a major mix between uh, pop, punk, yes. and ska. Yes, and I, I I like I'm even they're kind of a band like like when I wanted to get into the Descendants. Yeah, it's like where do I even fucking start, yeah. dude? This yeah. is like thirty years worth of music. Yeah, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's like that's so funny that they just suggested that. Yeah, you it's so like weird. Zebrahead. And honestly, that's the tune that played was great, but I didn't like anything else I heard. I, I was like, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of douchey. Like all all their videos have like these like chicks in bikinis, I don't, and I, I don't know if they're the same two chicks in all the videos or what's going on. But <laughs> I was like, this just is just lives. weird. Yeah, it's like, all right, sweetie, you got another video shoot. Yeah, it up. felt like that. <laughs> it felt like they were like sort of in that new metal scene too, almost. You know I mean, even though they were like pop punk, they it felt like they were more yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. douchey no, new metal sure, kind of sure. guys, which drove drove me. I think nuts. that um, I think that a lot when you play in a ska ish band, yeah, ska rock <coughs> band. It's such an easy way to go. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like new metal's trending. Like, like, like uh, the salads kind of. You know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. they had that. They had a real like new metal feel at some oh, point. Oh, totally. Like, sure, they I'm did. I'm sure like their their influences were from like you know Van Halen all the way to like whatever. But yeah. uh but yeah, you know, you could just pick up on that. Like, it it must be tough to be in a in a band where you can have some commercial success. Yeah. But it's also going to mean following some kind of guideline somewhere down the road, right? Yeah, unfortunately. And Scott, I think, is like it near that because, mm-hmm. you you know, they're these like professional musicians. Like you got to be so good at your instrument to play ska music. Yeah. Like you have to be so good. Yeah, Even oh yeah. In just like a straight like two tone ska band, you got to be really good. But to be in like a ska, like Streetlight Manifesto, yeah. these are like fucking college graduates of like their instrument and like music yeah. theory and shit right yeah and they're playing like you know they have horn like they're incorporating horns and like lots of like pieces to the band like there's lots of moving parts there right and that's hard punk, to pull punk almost doesn't deserve bands like no that, it's kind of weird it's it's a it was always a weird genre like ska to me like like a lot of people have have said that goldfinger you know can be called ska but I mean, not really. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they are, they sort of dip their toe in there a bit, and they definitely have songs that are more ska than others. But I just saw them always as a as a punk band. I never saw them as, yeah, a, for sure. as a ska band. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think even Less Than Jake doesn't want to call themselves a ska band. Yeah. And they've got more ska attributes than Oh, for Gold sure they do. Oh, for anything. sure they do. Yeah, no question. No question. And, like, they're just like, yeah, we're just like a punk band with horns. And, like, because, like, this the style of ska is like we all owe it to that style it's like they're keep planet smashers they're keeping it alive yeah oh yeah like yeah yeah (laughs) that's a band that's like ska and i like and i like planet smashers i have no problems with planet smashers yeah i thought they were fucking awesome one of the 
one of the my favorite bands to yeah. see live. But <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a more smiley singer. Yeah, it's that's great. what I mean. It's like it's just feel good music. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes it's nice to see a band that you don't have to think too much about. You know what I mean? It's just like they're just fun to see. You know? I'm gen generally like disturbed when somebody says they don't like ska because I'm just like, do you not like happiness? Yeah, it's kind of like, weird. That's all I feel <laughs> when I hear ska. It's the it's the most happy shit ever. I love. Yeah, it, it is. It makes you feel good, and and even the. The Goldfinger songs that are more lean, more scar, so fun to listen to. You know what I mean? It, it makes just makes you feel good. You know, driving down the road, you can't fucking help but put a oh. tune like that on and just you know cranked sure. windows down. Um, so you're also involved with uh, another band we haven't spoken about yet, which is Winning Streak. Oh yeah, Winning Streak, right? So how did you get involved with Winning Streak? Because Winning Streak is from Texas, correct? They are technically from Texas. All right, so here's how it is. Okay. Um. Back in like I don't know, they're the the three main guys are a couple of years younger than me. Back when they were in high school, they started this band in Texas. They're they're from uh, in and around Austin, I think. Okay, yeah, and um, or Houston. Mm-hmm. Or I don't even know. I don't know. I'm yeah, just, I I don't know geography. Uh, and so they start this band, like does whatever, whatever. A few years later, they're like, okay, hey, let's uh, restart the band. And now they're all living like in different parts of the states. One guy's in Nashville. One guy's in Austin. One guy is in so the main guy, the songwriter Andrew, is in Salt Lake City, Utah. Yeah, and they um, recorded that album. Whichever path you take, this was like 2018, I think. The mm-hmm. one with Mike Herrera on it, yeah. Dave Nassi. Yeah, um, and. Uh, it was cool. I, I connected with Andrew, the the singer. Um, I was in family meeting. It was just, you know, these two punk band guys connecting or whatever. Just like online, and you mean? Like you yeah, just or whatever. Yeah, just, with just online. Yeah, just yeah. chat them on, with them online. Like, right. hey, I like your band. Hey, I like your band, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, me and Andrew just kind of stayed in touch. And then a couple years later, he's like, hey, uh, we're looking to like fill this out as like a band and like they're far enough away from each other where they're not jamming or seeing each other anyways. Yeah, yeah it's not a regular So thing. it's easy enough to just bring on another guy. Mm-hmm. So they're like, yeah, you want to do bass? I'm like, yeah, that would be sick. And then um, he was also talking to Chris McGrath from, do you know Much the Same uh, from Chicago? I know that they're name. Ama- I don't know what they're amazing, like. Amazing, like melodic pop punk oh. uh, kind of band. I'm going to write that um, down because I know I want to check Yeah, them. you should absolutely check them out. They're phenomenal. And um, and he showed interest in it, but didn't kind of didn't see his like fit in the band because he's like, well, you have two guitar players and, you know, you got a guy singing. So, like, so they're like, at the same time, they're like, they brought me on on bass and we tried to find a place for Chris and it was like, Okay, Chris is gonna do like most to all of the backup vocals, and then kind of make. Hopefully, later we'll find like a third guitar spot for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then next thing you know, like they sent me fucking twelve songs. They're like, we're doing a full length record, and I'm like, oh my god, like I'm overwhelmed. I've never recorded a full length in my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. I've only ever done like EPs and mm-hmm. you know maybe a song or two at a time. Yep, yep, and. Uh, I kind of underestimated it, to be honest with you. And I was overwhelmed with the 12 tracks. And there was points where I wanted to give up. And there was points where I, I messaged <laughs> Andrew to say, hey, I want to give up. And he's like, no, 
I'm, yeah, don't do it. Like, yeah. you know, you're and, in it now. Uh, you gotta, you gotta pull. Yeah, through. for sure. And <laughs> you know, it's, it's overwhelming though. 12, 12 songs, it. 12 songs staring at you in the face and you're, you're less than prepared for them is, uh, and you know, there's that separation barrier too, where it's like, it's what I want out of guys that I play with. Hey, let me send you a song, learn it, demo it, and then we'll record it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was cool. I took a I took like a month uh, last I think it was like last April mm-hmm. and uh, just devoted the whole. I was I was I got laid off because I'm an AV tech. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. no AV work. No right work. Now. Yeah. So I uh, I just devoted the month to it, day in day out, just working on the songs. And uh, I actually bought a I had a bass, but I bought this hundred dollar bass off Kijiji like the first day of COVID. Sometimes Went to this guy's best, house, man. he's like he like left it in his garage. I'm like. And it fucking sounded great coming home with it, so I'm like, "Fuck, I'll just use this." And, yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of it. I didn't I didn't do any vocals on it. I wanted to like save as much as I could for Chris because we didn't. We wanted him to find like a place in the band and not yeah. just feel like he was doing us like a favor kind of thing, you know. Of course, yeah, of course. And uh, and we also didn't. We don't know ourselves as a band. It's funny because I've met Chris in person and Andrew, um, Michael, and Sam have met each other in person obviously they started the band yeah. together yeah but chris has never met everyone else and i've never met everyone else so Fuck, it's, so it's weird just this me. hilarious divide and it's like you know five guys oh spread out so far with different you know political or religious beliefs mm-hmm. or whatever it doesn't matter mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but we can't we were all able to come together and like make, make a pretty really t- what i think tight and cohesive album it's a great I, I album it. man it's a great album the guitar work on it's that an album, album i would phenomenal. buy if i didn't yeah. play on it yeah absolutely uh, sure. absolutely and like i i just found them randomly via instagram somehow like through a some kind of yeah. like suggested post or sponsored at a post or whatever and uh and they're great man like i've been following them ever since and then when i saw they they announced that you were playing bass in the band. I'm like, what what the fuck? Like, what a small world! And it's a, such a testament yeah, to what yeah. can be done over the internet these days. Everything, yeah. You know what I mean, like, and for sure, man. There's and, no uh, barriers anymore. There is none for sure, and 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 it it puts more pressure on us as the musician to give a a better final product, and that's good because we should all own a uh, an audio interface and have yeah. some kind of DAW and just yep. be. Uh, it even when shows are happening again, just practice once a week, uh, just to keep your chops up. And like, it, there's a reason why pros are what they are, and the, yeah. all the pros they're practicing. You know, and nobody moves to fucking Hollywood and becomes an actor and doesn't like go through some kind of like extra practice or acting school or sure. like whatever. You sure. know, like they're on top of their fucking game, and like we. It, as a musician, I think that we all owe it to ourselves to do that just because it feels so good. It's therapy. Yeah. It feels, you know, it, it's happiness at the end of the day. It's so funny that you say that because, like, my friends, we were just on a Zoom call last week just to catch up because we hadn't seen these any of these guys in forever, right? So we did a little Zoom call, and then they were telling me that they are they wanted me to get involved in it, and, and I really don't have the skill for it, I don't think. I, I might give it a shot once I'm off nights, but during the pandemic here, once a week they are... They have the week to write and record a song, and then they have to submit it by Sunday night at 9 p.m., and then it all gets submitted via email, then they listen to everybody's stuff, right? And they kind of critique each other, and it's like it's more like, sometimes it's just like completely like a joke, you know what I mean? Like you have to make a, a song with yeah. like 
just snaps or like wh- whatever. You know what I mean? Like just weird shit like that. That's but that's fun though. Yeah, exactly. And they, and and so they they're keeping up their skill and their writing skill and they're doing all that stuff. But I find that shit so hard. Like I just got a, a proper interface. Like I've had this this Behringer board for a long time, which I kind of used as an it is an interface. It it plugs in via USB and and all that kind of stuff. And I could run my guitar through, it, but it never sounded very good. <coughs> so I got a proper one, and it came with Cubase and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just now poking around with it, but. You know, I was going to ask you because it sounds like you, you kind of did the same style of, of writing with Debt Cemetery as well, where you recorded some stuff and kind of sent it back and forth. Is that is that correct? Well, so I, what I did was I programmed the drums and oh, okay. I um, played only because. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, because you played everything. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, and I was but I was at the time I was seeking other members. Right. right so right, right, I, right. I funny enough that you say this, like normally I would just demos mm-hmm. everything uh, and then send it out but I didn't I purposely didn't put bass and lead guitar on because we were going to have a bass and lead guitar players mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I just left it rhythm guitar and drums and then some vocals mm-hmm. um, and then uh, you know as things started didn't working out with other people I had to just start filling in the gaps right and, right um, but yeah I mean like I get it. One of the hardest thing, one of the most frustrating things about uh, recording DI guitar, like direct into your interface, is like finding a tone that you're comfortable with uh, through like an amp simulator, or what it would be it, and then giving you the confidence level that you would be at like a jam. Because even a jam, if your amp doesn't sound its best, it's still loud and nice oh, sure. and like. Whatever, yeah. yep. but like through through fucking headphones or through like even if you got like monitors or whatever, does it's not the same translation. So like you got to find that amp tone that you're comfortable with, and from sometimes too takes me upwards of all day and all night. Yeah, yeah. and then get yeah. so frustrated that I come, I have to like, okay, I've been here for eight hours. All I've done is smoke three bowls and not done it. <laughs> you know? like, Dude, I, I haven't done anything. I just find it so like I don't and it's partly like my my creativity, but it's also like my technical skills. So I got this this interface and like I got all these amp tones now. And like you said, I sit there and I just I'm like, how do I get a good sound out of this thing? You know what I mean? And it's got a million different fucking amp sims and all this different shit in there. And I it just drives me crazy. And drives me fucking crazy. Trick. I find I find the ones that I like, yeah, and I save them, yeah, because there's usually an option like save as, yeah, 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 and then it's like just like a go to, yeah. Um, one key thing is um, I forget the guy's name. I think he's Canadian, mm. but I anyways I googled how to make uh how to mix an amp sim, and mm. there's some Canadian guy, older guy, he's like really into metal, and he gives you a rundown of like. Here's a certain compressor you should put on, and here's an e- a certain EQ you, you should put on. Obviously, with like give or take, like it might not sound the same with your guitar, but it's a really good base to start, and it it's just it just brings that amp sim to life. It doesn't over compress everything, and it just gives you like a really nice way to start. Um, and I. I forget his name. Is that the dude? Glenn's, yeah, is that Glenn's the dude that's something? on YouTube? And he has he's like an audio engineer, recording guy. And yeah, he he's has got like, like long, long hair. hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. him, dude. That guy's amazing, ama- man. He has so that, many good recording tips. Hit, you should watch the tip for his his amp sim because it brings your it just 
pokes a certain EQ through the mix. Yeah. Where you like, where you're, it's like the, again, the confidence levels, right? Like how you would want to hear it in a studio. Because it's the same, if you went to a studio and recorded your guitar, like the minute there's a mic on that amp, it's like three hours, like finding like a solid tone, a good mic placement, a good like guitar tone, this, that, and the other thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, and then you just save your preferences mm. every time you want to do a new session, pull out the plugin that you want, and you know, it, you're going to get a good know. tone right away. Yeah, exactly. Right away, right? I just miss the old days, man, of like when you didn't have to send shit via Dropbox. You just met your buddies and said, hey, I got this idea. What do you guys think of this? And it was like either, yeah, or we don't really like that or whatever. And then you kind of worked on it together. You know what I mean? And nowadays, well, like, well, I do agree with you. Yeah. I feel like, um, nothing's ever worked in my favor that way Mm -hmm. where like what I have going now is what I wanted in family meeting. And it was the one thing it's like, maybe was the demise of the band was me constantly being like, nobody's listening to the demos that like, I'm not even writing the demos. Someone Mm -hmm. else is sending them to us. No one's listening to them. Mm -hmm. How can you show up to jam and not know what we're supposed to learn? Learning a four-minute punk song that has yeah. 16 different chords in it is so much fucking harder than yeah. just, like, being the... You know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it is wicked to get into a room, and if it's more, like, easier-based, like, uh, like you know, more straightforward or, like, you know, yeah. a couple of genres... Uh, there's a lot of genres that can lend well to that, like, sure. pop, country, even, like, yeah. some hardcore where it's, like, if it's more repetitive, it's, like, this is the one riff, this is the other riff. But if it's, like... If you're trying to like keep it like fresh and like like even no a no effect song oh. you couldn't learn a no effect song on the spot yeah, there's no tough. way it's tough there's no fucking way no. even a, one of their two minute songs yeah, yeah. Um, kids of the K hole for example good luck learning that song on the spot yeah that would take you a whole jam to learn yeah exactly you know? and, and it does eat up a lot of time but like I feel like when you're writing uh, coming up with parts or if you just show up with a part like and, it, and it's mostly I I'm definitely like outside of the norm for this issue, right? Like most people nowadays are recording, home recording on DAWs and they're making things that sound amazing. And then they're shipping them off to their buddies and saying, here, add parts. And I, like my buddy, Matt, that's that's uh, sort of the main songwriter, One Point Loss, him him and the singer Rob wrote all the, all the songs together. Um, those guys, like Matt still to this day will send me shit. He'll be like, hey, check this out. And it's like, even if he thinks it's garbage, it's like this amazingly well-produced thing. He's programming drums really well. He's got a uh, a UA like um, uh, mic preamp thing that he that he paid a bunch of money for just to get the vocals like real tight. You know what I mean? And like sounding yeah. like real good up front in the mix and and like his what it's all about. yeah his skill is amazing at it. And and like he can do stuff that's like throwaway. You know, he'll record a song in like a couple hours and then it's just like a throwaway song, just something fun that he did. And he'll send it to me. Hey, check this out. I'm like, fuck, man, it would take me a year to do that. If I sat down, if you're like, yeah. write something like this, literally, I would have to work on it every day for a year and it wouldn't be as good as that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I like the the collaborative, like being in person, like, hey, I have this idea. What do you think? And then somebody right. saying, yeah, it's good, but you should do this here or that chord doesn't really fit. You should do this chord or something like that. Right. Because I feel like m- I work better like that. But most people are like yourself now where. They can do it almost all self-produced at home, and it no, sounds amazing. No, I, I in in a perfect world for me, it's like a mixture of both because right. you're right. Like it's so much easier to like if if you're having trouble with a chord, hey, stop in the middle of the jam. Hey, can we hash out that chord yeah. right now? Yeah. Whereas like sending someone a song, they're like, hey, at 
three minutes and 19 seconds. Um, what was that chord? You know, it's a longer process. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a little it bit does, more. But it, but it does keep everybody... It, it keeps everybody's chops up a bit more. Oh, it does. It does, you have for to, sure. You have to anticipate a little bit more, yeah. and it gives you a bit more freedom yeah. to do what you want to do, lay it down, send it back, and then hear their honest uh, opinions. And yeah, like, for sure. If you're, not, if you're not being honest to your band members, there's fucking no point. If everyone's like... Yeah. At, you know, walking on eggshells with your band members, like it. No, it's a relationship. Yeah, you yeah. have to treat it like having like a a partner. Like oh, for sure, be man, honest for sure. about everything right up front. Yeah, no question at all about that. Like it is a relationship, and you have to be respectful of each other's opinions too. Like you can't just throw In boundaries. Yeah, you can't just throw out every idea somebody else has because you don't think it's good. Like if if it's got a a, a serious um theory type problem to it. like if the chord really just doesn't fit and it sounds horrible well that's one thing but if you just don't like the way the riff goes that doesn't mean you can just throw it away and ignore that guy's opinion or that for his sure edition. it's one thing i try to keep like just on the table is like try not to say i don't like this because right right because you know even to myself like i come up with a reason any kind of reason uh, and try to explain it. And if you can't explain it, maybe you're just in your own head about that thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm definitely... That's me to a T, man. Like, I cannot... I cannot get out of my own head. I'll write something and I'll think it's awesome and I'm like, oh, this is a great idea and then I'll listen to it two days later and I'll just delete it immediately from, like, my phone. Oh, so, you, so you're a musician. <laughs> yeah, it's... I, I don't like anything I do, man. Nothing. Even these podcasts, yeah, like, dude, I record them, too. listen back to them, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I should have done this, or I should have said this different. Like, I just, I'm so hypercritical of myself, and people say, well, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do this, or you shouldn't do that, and, and don't pick your, don't beat yourself up too much. But it's hard, man. When you're making stuff for oh, other people hard. to hear. Dude, the song uh, Kind of, Sort of, Maybe, um, that was a song for, like, six years. I, I've demoed that song more than I've ever demoed anything in my whole life hmm. Pro it's probably been like a four or five different songs mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just you know different keys different grooves tempos lyrics like sometimes it's just sometimes you need to take the ideas that you like out of like just even like even if it's just the concept that you like out of that thing that yeah. you're doing and find the things that you like and rearrange it into the things that you will like out of it. Right. You know, because you don't have to be married to like the fucking yeah, four chord true. progression. Yeah. It could be like the theme of the song. Like, well, I really liked because like I'm very over critical. And right. one thing that I very came quickly to notice was like, while well, I'm in this alone, I'm my own worst enemy now. Yeah. So I have to yeah. find the things that I like now. That's difficult. You got you to find the things that you like and then go with those because, or else you're just going to beat yourself up about that bullshit that doesn't even matter, that doesn't even necessarily need to make it to the final product, right? Yeah, it's true, man. It's true. Because, again, like, I also had the benefit of working with Sam Guayana, like, a good engineer, producer who w were, like, we're paying you to tell us your full yeah. advice, so so tell us. And he would be brutally honest sometimes, like, even if you had a part where you're like, well, I think this part's really good. He's and like, that's well, their job. Honestly, you know what I mean? That's good, though. You And, and we, you need to hear that. Yeah, like, absolutely. I, I was in a band with other guys that were, um, they were on this weird label, but they basically, they would go down to Nashville and like record this album. Mm -hmm. And um, the engineer, they went all the way down to Nashville and the engineer was like, 
I'm sorry, you guys just aren't good enough. Like, go back home, pre- practice for a year, and then come back and then do it. And fuck, you know, good advice, man. You want to like throw a shit fit at that, but guess what? He's telling you the real shit. And you should just listen to the seasoned professional and do that. Yeah, know? man. And that's what I mean. Like that, and that's what I miss again. Like, if you were just self-producing a record at home with your ba- with your bandmates, right? And it's just you guys, and it could turn out great. But without somebody to like be the critical voice to say, like, you know, just like that band. Like, can you imagine if they had put that out as is? It might have turned out like shit. You know what I mean? If the guy was just like, for sure, whatever, I'll take your money. Let's let's fucking record it, and then it turns yeah, out. Yeah, like the crap. last thing you want is a guy just pressing yeah play and record exactly because you're paying them for nothing, right? And a good for sure, a man. good producer will tell you, hey, this is shit, or or hey, I have a part that might fit here. Hey, do you mind if totally. I show you this part that I think would really kick the song into fucking high gear? And you I need live that, and right? swear by demoing. Like you demo your first thing, yeah, and then you demo it again, and then you probably demo it one more time, so that you can call this your pre-production. Right. So when you step foot into the studio, there's no, hey, everybody, plug in and like play around. Like, no, we've already decided like what's probably best for this song. Right. Let's just try to get a bunch of really good takes now. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and that's where that's where like everybody can utilize studio time in a time like this where you can't really afford to go to a studio for too long. Yeah, it's people like me or whatever. Like you can utilize fortune. that studio time and pay the guys what they're worth. Of course. Um, and every everybody kind of wins there, you know. Yeah, that's that's the magic of being able to home record as well as everybody can now. Is that you can get things like close to the point where if you really want to go to a real studio, you got it pretty close before you go in there and then it's just fine oh, tweaking, totally. right? And there's nothing to say that you can't just do your take again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Next week or whatever. Of course. Right. Of course. Yeah. 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 If you think that's, that's, that's better than jamming in my opinion, I think cause like, again, if uh, like we right now we're, we're experimenting with like electric drums cause it's, we're just working with what we got, but guess what? They, they, uh, line up pretty easily to a grid too. So yep, 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 in yep. the event that we do need to edit them, it's technically tighter than yeah. jamming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With no metronome reference. Yeah, exactly. I hate fucking metronomes. I can't stand playing to a metronome, man. And that's the other thing. Like, it's a necessary evil. Oh, I know. It's a necessary evil for a home recording, but I like I fucking hate it. Like, I would so much rather play to like a drum track that's already been laid out or somebody. Oh yeah. It. Well, it's all the same though. If you yeah. if you just lay it out, if you could lay out uh, like MIDI drums, and it's it's yeah. the same to play to a click. Yeah. Oh yeah. The for click sure. just kind of like. For me, the click gives me the groove that I'm aiming for mm. nine nine times out of ten. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, it's all in preference, man. Like I can never get used to that that fucking boop 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 boop. And it, like it. Well, I'm in Cubase, you can. Drives me nuts. You can also change in Cubase, especially you, you can change like what uh, frequency each yeah. beep comes in at. Yeah. So like. If you want it more of like a, like it can come in at that. More it doesn't always have to. Of, yeah. It doesn't have to be like beep pop, pop yeah. which I prefer the I prefer the beeps and the. Bombs. I just have a hard time hearing it over the guitar track. Like I'll, I'll be playing and I, yeah. and I can't hear the metronome, and then I, I get off. Yeah. And I, even if you're off by like, as soon as you're off by one beat, you're fucked. You know what I mean? Like because sure. you're out of time. Now you got to start over yeah. again. And it's like, god damn it! And I, we recorded like a little bullshit just for fun. Like I was at my buddy Matt's house, who I was just saying before, who records all this stuff, and. 
he's like, Hey, let's, let's record a song. And we only had like a couple of hours. Like we had to get back. He lives in, he was living in Toronto at the time. He still is. And, uh, the rest of us were from this area, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. And, uh, and so we just said, sure, let's, let's try some. And I had this idea and they're like, okay, you got to play that to this click. And, and I was like, Oh God, and I was so nervous. And they're like, what are you nervous about? We're in like Matt's apartment. Like this isn't like, this isn't costing us any money. Like just try it. And I was able to do it, but it was, it was so nerve wracking to me because I thought I'm, I'm going to get off time and I'm going to get all fucked up. Right. Whereas if I had a, a drum beat, like after they programmed the drum beat, it was so much easier like to play along yeah, to yeah. it. It was so much easier, but I don't know. I got through it, but it's the kind of thing where I kind of need someone there to hold my hand. Like I don't mind the idea of home recording. I just wish I was doing it with someone instead of by my trying to do it by myself. You know what I mean? I think that's just kind of a comfort zone thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you might just, you might just need to do it a few more times to yeah. get past the, I mean, dude, we've, I've I've conditioned Eddie um, from Death Cemetery to to get past that comfort zone. And oh, really? Like, he he's he's using Logic now, and like yeah. it's got a pre a few like pre uh, pre made drum beats where like he can throw those in yeah. and play over top of them and get out of that comfort zone of like, well, I've never done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he's turned around fucking so quickly with it to the oh, point yeah. where now he's like, hey, I wrote a new song. And he can send me lead guitar, rhythm guitar, and drums. drums. Yeah, and, that, it's and that's like, important. It's like sick because how, as me as the listener, how do I fucking even interpret this song without drums, right? I know, I know. I agree, 100%. But like there, there's some um, some companies like, um, you know, like Easy Drummer and like yeah. uh, Get Good Drums, they, they'll make I keep hearing about Easy Drummer. They, they, they'll make like pre-made like loops that you can like pull in. Yeah. Uh, Logic is uh, if you have a Mac, Logic is really good for it too. Like yep. they have a really intuitive drum. Oh, really? Program like yeah, built right into the DAW. Built right into the DAW, yeah, oh, nice. for sure. And you and you can even say like fill here, and it's like okay, you know, like uh, it'll fill in during like a punk beat or whatever. Oh wow, that's awesome. Um, that's what yeah, I need, really, man. Yeah, that's what I and need. everyone everyone needs that. Like personally, I draw. I like I go in and click in the kick. Pattern yeah, that yeah. I want, but and like it's very frustrating, and it takes me hours. But yeah. I know that I want it the way that I want it, so yeah, I don't exactly. rely on. But like I'm a freak of nature. Yeah. But for guys like that are just coming to to it uh, now, that's what I would suggest. Like easy drummer, get good drums. Yeah. Um, my buddy, uh, the guy that actually he mastered all 19 songs that I released last year. His name is John Harkis. He's got a uh, what's it called? Um, I'm, I'm spacing on the, the company name, mm-hmm. but he's got a bunch of like, uh, drum sound and MIDI drum packs. Like you can get like no effects drums. You can get propaganda, um, melancholy what's it called? Skate, skate punk drums or something. Anyways, there's tons of shit out there where they're making pre-made beats for you and you, and then you can manipulate it in any way you want because it's just MIDI. But the the basic beat is there for you. That sounds sure, awesome, you know? though. That sounds exactly like what I'm looking for. Yeah, exactly. You, you just need the beat. You don't even need fills. You just need the no. beat. To, yeah, I just need something to play to so that to I don't... To carry you, yeah. yeah it's exactly. better than a click, right? Way better than a click. Way better. Hey, we got a little bit away from Winning Streak, but I wanted to ask you some more stuff oh, about yeah, that sorry, band. Yeah. No, that's okay. It, it's it's. I like this conversation. It's it's going to go and uh, Like I told you when we first started talking about this, it's loose. So we, we can go in any direction we want here. It's not, I'm not rigid. But uh, I wanted to ask specifically about we were talking about Mike Herrera and Dave Nassi being on that track. Mm. How did or or multiple tracks? How did they manage to wrangle those guys in? 
Andrew just kind of sent out some feelers. And, um, I mean, these guys are pro musicians. They they just do this for a living. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if some guys have a fee associated with it or what. Sure. But, yeah, it's just like you just reach out. You say, hey, I got this thing. Can mm-hmm. you do it? And they, uh, And I know that, like, you know, Mike Herrera, he probably gets an email every day. Oh, I'm Someone sure Someone asking him to sing on something. But, like, he, both of those guys legitimately loved the tracks that they were playing on. And actually, uh, Chris McGrath, from much the same, yeah. he was on the first album just a guest artist on one of the songs. Oh, yeah. Um, which is cool that he's, like, in the band now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was just... He, and he fucking loved it, too. He... he he felt the much the same mm-hmm. uh, vibe and uh, yeah, that's just, that's basically it. He just reached out and uh, these guys loved it and gave, gave it their all. And Dave Nasty played on the new album as well. Mm. Uh, just rips this incredible, crazy. Yeah. He's cool fucking solo. awesome, man. He is awesome. You know, he's, he's so cool. One of my favorite bands did ever. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, you listen to his episode of that one time on tour. He's uh, just the coolest guy. I think, I can't remember if I did or not. No, uh, oh man, I don't think He's I did. I don't think I listened guy. to that one. I would it's love amazing. to interview him for this for this show, but like you should. It's so He's hard to get these guys, man. He's offering guitar lessons, and yeah. uh, two of the guys from Winning Streak are actually taking lessons off. I've him thought right about now. it too, man. Honestly, I, I follow him. They on said that it's worth every fucking. I believe penny. it. He is a hard because worker he, because his first interview with you, he goes, "What are you into? What's your like style?" And yeah. you're like, "Well, I only know these late power chords." And then he's like, "Cool, build you your own lesson plan instead yeah. of just like an awkward like, well, teaching you how to play like Polly Wally do yeah, all yeah, the yeah, day yeah, yeah, or whatever." Yeah. yeah. Like, no, he builds you your own lesson plan. And, like, within weeks, these guys were, like, honestly, worth every penny. Yeah, I believe I, I want to do it, too. Like, I I, I think that he's a phenomenal mm-hmm. player. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've always been, like, off and on with no use. Like, never, like, been one of my, like, top-tier bands. But yep. definitely a really, a really cool band. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the... If two guys from Winning Streak say that it's good, like, mm-hmm. these guys are... To me, top tier musicians. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I need to know. Well, like Dave Nasty, like you, you talk about noise for a name. Really, for me, it was the Hard Rock Bottom album that has like you know dumb reminders and stuff. Me like that. too, man. You know. Oh, Winning Street covered. Dumb I, I, I know. A, yeah. I was gonna. I was actually gonna yeah. bring that up. It just. Rem- I just reminded myself as I said that that you guys covered that tune and it's a great cover. Yeah, right before I joined the band. Such a good song, man. And every song so on good. that album is great. You know what I mean? But the older, kind of the older stuff before that wasn't my favorite. I you know I it's so I think we're on the same page. I really like the older stuff, but I don't like how his voice is produced, and I really like the brightness of mm-hmm. like it's his voice uh, on like Leshkan Karn and stuff is so like m- muffled, if yeah. you will. Like yeah. uh, there's no like low end cut out of it. Yeah, and it's it almost sounds like he's like singing through a, like a a scarf or a sock or something. Yeah, it where it's like where it's like rock hard bottom and. Feel good record of the so year, so good produced, and it's man. like all and the, and then he starts writing more like Beatles esque uh, yeah. music, like fuck. Hard Rock Bottom That's, was so much more production value than any other anything else they had released. You know what I mean? It, it just so, was. Yeah, I agree. It, Fully it, agree. And I remember that CD when you put it in your computer. It was like one of the first CDs that came with like a CD ROM something or other <laughs> that they put on the CD, <laughs> nice. so you could see like behind the scenes and like yeah, them yeah, recording yeah. and stuff and. And it was and it was awesome, and you could you could tell how much more production value there was in that album, and just just by the way it sounded, you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. Because I would get the compilations and they would have no use for name tracks on there and I'd always listen to them and it was never my favorite. And then, and then, uh, yeah, me too, man. And it was always the, it was always like the muffled style yeah. vocal. Yeah. And the older, like they were more like, not hardcore, but they got more, definitely more poppy with, with, uh, yeah. with hard rock bottom, right? It, it just, it went in a direction that was more in line with what I was listening to at the time, you know? And so, sure. and so it was real poppy and it, and it was like the, the harmonies and everything. The vocal harmonies were awesome. The songwriting of course is incredible. Like Tony Sly's songwriting yeah, yeah, is yeah. amazing. I technically got to play a show with no use for name. No it was shit. Like, do, you, do you remember Supernova? It was one of those like, it was like um, this company that would like put on a big show and they'd get like a gajillion bands to play all day. And it's like kind of like a pay to play. Like you sell tickets. And yeah, yeah, yeah. However yeah. many tickets you sell, you get to play. Yep, yep. Um, Later in the so show. Yeah, the, the headliners were Big Wig and No Use for a Name. Wow. It was at, it was at the docks in Toronto. Wow. And we got to play like three three sets before Big Wig, who was before No Use for a Name. That's so awesome. Like, pretty cool yeah that is cool man anytime you can play with like big bands like that like it's amazing because you're getting exposure right like you're people are seeing you that would never see you because they're there to see the headlining bands or band but they also want to check out the new stuff yeah because there's like 120 other bands playing that yeah Yeah, for sure those pay-to-play things were so weird we played a they called them when we did them they were used to be called they call them battle the bands Battle of the bands oh or showcase yeah and so you'd, you'd sell tickets and depending how many you sold it would be like the the mo- person that sold the most would would get the best time slots right and so like often sounds like blackout fest yeah it was really weird man it, like i never thought it was a good way to run a show and like oftentimes we'd end up playing really late because we didn't sell a lot you know what i mean we played it near the end which is like not you know headlining but like nobody's there everybody's seen the bands they want to see and they they've left right and yeah yeah i don't know it's kind of a weird those pay to play things were always real weird it's it's a unfortunate an unfortunate thing for like local bands that don't even grasp that yeah thing yet because mm-hmm. they haven't been around long enough to even like there's so many new bands all the time that will just do stuff like that because they don't know like the ins and outs of the scene they don't they don't yep. have like a, yep. a an older brother who goes to shows that's like oh don't play one of those you yeah. know we were so lucky to have like in Cam- Cambridge had a pretty good little scene too like we had oh, a lot of local dude, bands I that I were in Cambridge a bunch of times. Yeah, we had local bands so that were sick. really good, and and like, you know, like bands like Lisp, who are the guys who were a little bit older than me, um, and who Lisp I, played at the Scout Hut show that yeah, I went to. You know what? And I and I missed that a reunion one reunion show. Yeah, and I missed that one, and I fucking kicked myself in the ass. That was a huge Lisp they band when I was so a kid. They were so good. Kyle from Curbside played from them. For the did he played play drums, drums for them. For them. Yeah. yeah, I wonder oh, who played drums. So good. Oh yeah. Yeah, man, and like they, those guys were great, and they were great. They were like mentors too, right? Like Pete, um, frontman for that for list, Pete McIntosh. He, uh, been talking to him about being on this show too, and we kind of got away from it because the uh, the winter kind of kicked in, and then I went into shift work. But um, I, I'm hoping to get to talk to him soon because he, I was a huge fan of them, like like a massive like Lisp fanboy. I love the love their their disc, uh, their Loser Cruiser CD, and then um, we'd play shows with them. And I remember the first time we played with them, I felt like fucking like i had made it you know what i mean because they were like one of my favorite bands and like they were just local but they were such cool guys and they always took good care of us and and they we started booking these shows at like the refugee cafe which was a great uh place that would let us put on shows fucking whenever we want you know what i mean like they let they left it up to us which was amazing like what other venue just says yeah you guys want to put on a show you you organize it put the posters up and collect the money at the door and and we'll just sell the coffee and let you fucking smoke darts in here you know what i mean like (laughs) <laughs> it was 
it was a really weird venue, but it, it gave us a platform to get our music out. You know what I mean? And have people come to yeah, shows and hang cool. out every Friday, Saturday night. It was amazing. Was Burlington like that for you? Did you get to a point where you were playing shows in, in and around the area? Like, did you have venue that was sort of instrumental in your There was a up? constant venue. It's called the Burlington YMCA. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, which, like, I, I got to play at more than a few times. Mm-hmm. But the scene was, like, when I first started playing, like, the scene was just so thriving that it was, like, you only could play a couple shows a year because mm-hmm. it was just the, the, the waiting list was just so huge. Mm-hmm. Everyone wanted to play. Burlington was the SoCal of Southern Ontario. Yeah. It was just, like, that was just the name associated with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember hearing so, about it, man. Um, like all the way in Cambridge, we would hear about the Burlington scene, and we never. I know. We I didn't know. get down it there a lot, sick. though. We didn't get down there a lot. You know, we we went more it, like it to crazy. London. There was there was like <coughs> when I started going to shows, there was two main venues, mm-hmm. the YMCA, who put on these like very strict, no booze, no drugs mm-hmm. shows. Would come bust you up in the parking lot if you were drinking or whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then there was this other place, the Music Center. And it, it's uh, the Kassarin brothers told you about it. It's like yeah. where the teen tour band played. Yeah, yeah. And it was this weird, like hexagon shaped yeah. room, and like, and there was so much room behind, like, and these weird, like, step platforms mm-hmm. where people would like sit and stand behind the bands. It almost looked That's like weird. they were playing in like a mall because everyone was just around them, and it was so. It just yeah. brought this real togetherness in the scene, you know? It like, sounds like a cool place, but Brad was saying it didn't sound very good in there, which is unfortunate because... I mean, like, dude, like... Yeah. When, when you're, like, 16, 17, like, <laughs> yeah. what, do you need, what, what do you need a venue to say? Those yeah. guys played with Rancid at fucking... Yeah, yeah. At the Elma Combo. Like, <laughs> I, like, I think they're allowed to complain about sound, you know? Yeah, it's true. And as for the rest of us, like, what do you even complain about? Like, yeah, we were just happy to be like, playing, man. It's like, whatever. Who cares? Like, the first time I saw uh, Grade and Jersey and some of Hala was at this music center place. And, like, yeah. I sat right behind the drummer from grade because mm. I'd seen him play bass in another band, the Pettit Project. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It was just like, it was just cool to have that element of like, oh, yeah. you can go anyway. Like you could be front row and not be in the front row. Yeah. Getting, totally. your, tooth, getting your tooth knocked out by someone's microphone. <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like you know? those little shows are important. And I remember like the first time I went to a big show was like Punkarama in, uh, and I think it was at the opera house and, it just wasn't for me, man. Like, and that's not a big place. Like, it's bigger, but it's not a big place. But I fucking couldn't stand it. It was like there was too many people. I couldn't get close enough to the band. The stage was real yeah. high. You know what I mean? Stage like, just so high. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it, like it was such a contrast to some other shows I'd been. Like, I saw Diesel Boy and Big Wig at uh, Call the Office, and I'm fucking what? standing four feet from. Diesel Boy, who were like one of my, again, another one of my so all-time favorite fucking bands. And then they signed my shirt. I bought a shirt and they all signed it. And I was like 16. I'm like, please don't write anything like dirty on it. And they're like, why are you against that? I'm like, no, I'm like, my mom does my laundry. I have to wear, I have to wear this to school tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they were cool about it. And they like wrote some shit on there. It still made it funny. Like the one guy said the story about the stains on your shirt. And he drew like some kind of like shit stains on the back. And like, nice. you know, it was just, and then I go to Punkaram and it's like, whoa, it's like, I wanted to see H2O and I wanted to see Bouncing Souls, but I didn't want to see them with 3,000 people, you know, like it just, yeah. it just felt weird, you know, compared to the shows yeah, I've been to. It's always tough, especially when you're so like used to uh, the local show aesthetic. Yeah, the intimacy, like right? Couple, oh, the intimacy level, yeah, for sure. Like, and that was like, for sure, like going to shows in Burlington, like 
Yeah. 70 people. That's mm-hmm. your like, that's yeah. your like max. Yeah. And sometimes you'd see great, great bands like, like for example, call the office where there's nobody there. Right. Like it's, it's a couple hundred oh, people. Yeah. If that, if that a couple hundred people, it's amazing. You know, have you seen the, uh, the reason I was bringing up sort of these, excuse me, these old venues and stuff was, I was watching this. There's a new green day doc on YouTube. That's p- actually put on by Spotify. Spotify produced it. And no, it's, I haven't seen it. dude, it's phenomenal. It goes right back to like their, their early days getting started and how they, how they formed Green Day, like the band before Green Day and, right. uh, and the venues that were so important to them at the time, which was like, oh fuck, I can't remember the, the name of it now. Yeah. Gilman. That's exactly what it was. And they talked about playing Gilman and how like once they became famous, they couldn't play there anymore. <laughs> they weren't like really allowed yeah, to yeah. anymore. It's it's a fantastic documentary, man. But it just reminded no, me somehow so much. Somehow No Effects got barred from Gilman Street and like they never even signed to a fucking major no. label and it makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I mean I I you understand. You should be it. so lucky if No yeah. Effects plays Gilman. No like, shit, right? Fuck you. Let they're the in my opinion, the greatest punk band of all time. Yeah, let yeah. them fucking play, dude. They're, they're definitely the most notable. You know what I mean? Like they're the most legendary punk band. Everybody fucking knows No Effects. You said. I think that if I was to say, like, for my generation's two most uh, uh, influential mm. punk bands, it's Rancid and No Effects. Oh, absolutely. And the, I, I and 100% the fact agree. that they did the fact that they did a split together <laughs> is like. We don't even deserve that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so sick. Oh, dude, it's awesome. And like, no effects. Like, again, uh, don't get me wrong. I don't like every no effects album. Like, I and I'd be lying if you I told you. To. You don't have to because Nobody they have something. Does. They have They're a little a bit of something for everybody. Band. Absolutely. Even my uncle, man. Like, I remember going to my one of my first warp tours. No effects was playing, and I and he said, "Who are you seeing at the, at this festival?" And I told him, and he, I said, "No effects," and he goes, "No effects," and he like turned to his wife and like. My uncle at that time to me was old, and he well, and he wasn't. He was probably in his thirties at that time, right? And he and he, but I was so young, I was like fifteen or something. And he and he turns to like my aunt, and he goes, "Daryl's going to see No Effects," and I'm like, "How the fuck do you know who No Effects is?" He's like, "Oh, No Effects is awesome." He's like, "We we love their guitar playing." Like in you know when we were yeah. coming up in the ni- early late eighties, early nineties, like we were listening to them, and like they were ahead of their time, and they played really well. And I'm like, "Holy fuck, this." This band has a bigger reach than I thought it did. Like I knew they were big. Crazy reach. Yeah, I knew they were big, but I didn't know they were like big enough to reach like my uncle, who was like a fucking '80s rocker guy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. He had the white Kramer with the pointy headstock and the Floyd Rose. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the PV chorus. Super fucking, strat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, how did he know about No Effects? It was so fucking weird to me. <laughs> you know. But that's the kind of people that they reached because they had that almost hair metal style guitar. Yeah. Yeah, guitar legs like oh. like the intro, the opening for Linoleum. Yeah, that's such like a Metallica. Dude, like, it's rip, so good. Know? All that shit is so good, man. Like White Trash, Two Heaps, and a Bean is like one of my favorite punk albums of all time. It's so fun to listen to. It's got so many so good tunes. Good. On, you know. Did you see the live stream? No, uh, no, no. From, from Fat Mike. No, was, I didn't. It was really good. Like the sound quality. Yeah. Because they, they they like pre-recorded it. It was yeah. really yeah. really good. That's the way to do it too. Like do a live stream, but like I think live live stream is not a good idea. Because I I've bought one or two no, one sorry, one live stream I paid for and the other one was free. And the one that I paid for I was disappointed with. Right? It's a band Which called one, What was it? It's a band called Blackberry Smoke. They're not a punk band. They're just it's just a band called Blackberry Smoke out of um they're out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Southern rock, like I'll say this: it's not easy to pull off a live no, stream. So if, no. you, if you don't have the budget to back it, it's almost worth not doing it or doing a very stripped down version of it. Yeah, 
The production was uh, fine. Like, like the sound was okay, but they had some technical issues. There was a little bit glitchy. There, but what I didn't like about it was that there was no audience. You know what I mean? Oh, like the no effects one was crazy. Yeah, glitchy. because it was in his backyard, so he was able to have people there. No, right? but here's the thing: it was everybody. It was known a week before that it's pre-recorded, so everyone's going extra ape shit because now you've got this pre-recorded thing that's being sold. Right, we're sold like an airplane, right? Right, right. Are you going to board an airplane? They go, you can't come on. It's oversold. Yeah. I paid to get on this airplane. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, it's oversold. So now everyone's like, the fees drop it out for these people, but not for other people. And it's like, well, you should have seen this coming. Like, yeah, you know your yeah. audience. Of course. And uh, and everyone's dying the, for music. The sound, right? the sound quality was fucking second to none. Yeah, I believe for that. For sure. I believe that. It was, the bass was so rich and the, mm-hmm. the drums sounded so alive. And uh, yeah. They they played well as, as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, of course they're gonna. They're they're pros, man. They've been doing those touring bands. Like when I saw Wilhelm scream with um, Frank Dukes a uh, couple summers ago, not last summer. Oh, summer in before. Guelph. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe was it fucking three years ago now? It was three years ago. It was ago. like twenty seventeen. Yeah, then. yeah. It was three years ago, and they um, like Wilhelm scream was so tight. You know what I mean? And it's because they tour. They're on the road a lot. They're playing the show. And they're just good musicians. They're great musicians, obviously. That that goes without saying. But I mean, my buddy that was with me, uh, my buddy Sean that plays drums in in One Point Loss, he he records too. He was like a producer. He had his own studio way back when, like just when we were just out of high school. He had a studio in his mom's basement. And uh, he's always been like real technical that way. And he he said to me, he's like, wait till you see these guys. Because One Point Loss actually like went down to Boston and lived with... Um, right, yeah, I heard, I heard it on the podcast. Yeah, with, with, they stayed with, with Wilhelm Scream before they were Wilhelm Scream. What were they before? Smack, Smack, Smack and Isaiah. Isaiah. Yeah, so they stayed there and they recorded some stuff there. It wasn't One Point Loss. It was... Um, uh, what's the other band called? Broken Star. It was Broken Star. Broken Star, yeah. And uh, so he's like, wait till you see these guys play. He's like, he's like, you, you'll be able to tell that they're a touring band, that they do this all the time because they're so tight. Like, there's, they're just so used to everybody's, you know, like they know where all the, the moving parts are and how to keep them all tight, you know, and, and he was right. They came on and they fucking but blew like, me away. I'd never seen the them thing. before. Their, their bass player lives in Montreal, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So the, ju- to your point, they're so tight as a, a moving unit, mm-hmm. but they're all going home and still practicing yeah. to keep that tightness of alive course. So, that they, of course. so that they don't have to jam for a month yeah. before, like even one day before tour, like they go on tour, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is fucking amazing. That's a pro band to oh, me. Oh, absolutely, man. You can, you can really can tell. Keep your chops up. Keep your chops up. And those guys like they are professionals, man. Like I, we talked to, uh, to we talked they're, to Nuno outside for a I little bit. I would say this. They're absolutely for me yeah. the best modern punk band without a doubt. They're the Iron Maiden of punk. They yeah. did it. They fucking nobody else can touch their shred, yeah. their musicianship, and their smiles on stage yeah, and yeah. their harmonies, mm-hmm. vocal harmonies. Oh man, they were a great band. Like I said, I'd never seen them before, and I'd not really known. A, I didn't really know a lot of their music before we went, but. Fuck! I was really pleasantly surprised with how good, like it was, the good an experience it was to see that band play live. You know, so good. I miss those shows, man. How bad are you missing shows right now? Like, because I used to like. Pretty bad. I mean, yeah. I'm just happy to be fucking uh, healthy, man. Me you know? too. Like, yeah. I, I as much as like there was a bunch of shit that got fucked up for me in 2020, hmm. maybe 2021 as well. Like, mm-hmm. but 
I got health and that's mm-hmm. all I can really like ask for, you know? Yeah. Like I don't I don't need much more than me and my girlfriend be not being sick and like yep. Yep. I don't know. Uh, that's the uh, you know uh, I had a bunch of tickets, man, to go see a bunch of shows with Oh yeah, with Dude, we, had, we had a we had a show was strung out. At you least Palace in Toronto. Shit, that would have been we, awesome. With, with, we were the opening band for Death by Stereo and oh, Strung Out. That would have been fucking sick. That but guess awesome. what? Life goes on, man. Yeah, like, it'll come back around. I was gonna, yeah, and even if it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter because we're all healthy. Yeah. We're, this is a terrible thing that's happened to the world. Yeah. And the world all needs to come together and fucking just, like, we got to pull this through through this together and uh yeah. that's like i'm not a political or poetic person but Me like neither. that's all these are all my feelings like yeah i i i i don't know how else to say it is like we're gonna all just get through this together and like i'm out of work right now i haven't fucking mm. worked basically since march so Fuck. um you know it 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 happens and yeah. you know uh no, I know you mean, I, man. We, I was supposed to go to Europe uh, with with a band that I really like. I was mm-hmm. going to maybe do... Uh, I just started working for this um, booking company called uh, Merit-Based Booking and Management. It's the guy from Belvedere. And we, oh, yeah. He's got a bunch of bands under his wing. Oh, that's that sick. He, bring, he brings here and books in Europe and what whatnot. He was going to take me to Europe for a couple weeks. I've never really, I've never been there, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. It would have been extra. But like, whatever, man. Like, yeah, it would be so selfish of me to still be butthurt about that. Yeah, when I'm like, I'm right here living, and there's other people that are suffering. Of course, man. Uh, yeah, of over course. the shit that we're all dealing with, right? Yeah, you and I are on the exact same page on that topic, man. Like, I'm not a real political guy. I don't fucking chime in. I'm, I'm not smart enough to handle these issues. Like. I have my <laughs> I have my opinions. Like I have my opinions about like I don't think that it was really too nice of the uh, governments in the states and Canada to lie to us and tell us not to wear masks at the start of the pandemic. I think that was fucking highly irresponsible. I know what they were after to try and save the the masks for the healthcare workers, but they knew fucking damn straight that uh, that a a good quality fabric mask could help a lot with the spread. And instead I just of don't think that fabric masks were maybe even like. Uh, uh, an easily accessible thing at that point, you know what I mean. And you're, and you're very right about that. They nothing was easily accessible. Everything was being sold right off the shelves, right? But but I think like like how everybody's got a fucking, you know what I mean? Like something at home they can cover their face with, even if it's like a t-shirt, you know what I mean? Something like that. And for sure, for them to say, oh no, don't wear masks at all. They don't really help at all with the spread. It was such bullshit because we could have really slowed it down more than we did at the start. And but I'm with you, man. Like I'm I'm. But you know what? It's like it's just one of those like things that you'll never get closure on no, because no. it's a it's a thing of the past and it's like it's a it's a um he said she said kind of thing like yeah we could we could just speculate if that would have helped yeah, or exactly, not exactly and like but like look at all these other people that are out here daily in yep. toronto especially mm-hmm. uh promoting no mask and whatever oh yeah it's crazy, it just man. would have been a quicker start it would have yeah. like or whatever or yep. something yeah because be as amazing as the internet is, and I get to meet new friends like you, yep. and and just meet really cool people from all over the world. There's always this person that has to just ruin it for everyone. <laughs> so, yeah. or at yeah. least one person. Always. So, like you gather up all your conspiracy theorists, yeah, and they're already in these like four chain and Reddit groups together, and then 
you know, the minute that something happens, they're already fucking on top of it before yeah. the government can even act know, on it. You I know. know. It's crazy. Um, it sucks. It sucks. Having your health. I though, love the internet. Yeah. Having your health though is it, like you said though it's it, that is the main thing. Like I'm I'm type one diabetic. I don't want to catch this shit because it could mean oh I'm serious same as my dad, dude. I haven't I've yeah. been able to hug my dad since yeah. like fucking last February. Yeah, breaks my fucking heart, dude. Yeah. And um and but like we should all just be happy for health at That's all. That's right. Times. You have to play your role, right? Because this is odd times. Like I, no nobody's used to this shit, and so even we like to, I had a I had a buddy. Uh, Pass away at, from cancer at like an early age. It's like without the pandemic, you should just be happy for your health at Absolutely. all times because yeah. like it's true tomorrow something can happen. Like I agree. growing up, getting older, all, like just anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. Pandemic aside, no, I know? agree, hundred percent, man. It's you know, and I think a lot of people get so focused on like, oh, we have to another lockdown, another lockdown. It's like, whatever, man, we've been doing it this long. Like we just got to stay healthy and keep everybody, you know, as healthy as we can. Half these people should be so lucky. They're able to work from home now. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really like, opened a lot of fuck, companies. I have of. been home this whole time. I would love to work from home. I know me too. And you I know? haven't stopped going to work because my, the nature of my work doesn't allow me to work from home. I have to yeah, be at for work. Real. You know, I got to know what's happening on the roads and shit. So it's, I, I haven't had that break like everybody else has. So I'm like, yeah, you pricks complaining. Like you said, you can do your job from a laptop at home. And like my wife has been working from home. For or like, a job. Or a job. No, like, yeah. You're making money in some way. Like while you're in, your, you can literally do it in your pajamas. You know what I mean? Like, some some jobs, like it costs them, like just the 401 traffic alone. Yeah. costs you so much to get from Waterloo yeah. to Toronto every day. Yeah. And home. And that not just uh, money in gas but money in time as well right yeah yep. time spent away from your home and family yeah man. four hours a day on a fucking yep. stretch of highway that that shit will get you you know absolutely and there's more and more people moving to cambridge like we're into my subdivision here i would love to if we could afford a home in cambridge i would fucking it's love to. the market is insane here because people are doing exactly what you're saying they're moving here and then driving to mississauga toronto for work or working from home and now they're in the money spot right yeah, that's true. That's true. But like my neighbor leaves at like 530 every morning and that car that's doesn't crazy. come back to like 530 or 6 p.m. at night. You know what I mean? And like that, th- that's a, that, that will drive anybody crazy. I couldn't do it. You couldn't pay me to drive up the four, 401 every single day into Toronto and back. Like, I, fuck, I can't imagine. I used it. to train for, for college. I trained from Burlington to Toronto every day. And that's about an hour in yeah. itself. Yeah. But at least it's and on the train, too. Yeah, but that's very taxing. Still. I believe it. I believe it. So it's even worse if you're in, like, there was days where I missed the train and I had to drive. Mm-hmm. It was the worst. It was oh, just yeah. like worst case scenario. Yeah. You're like yeah. an hour late for class and like whatever, like just. The 401 even, is insane, man. It's it's too hectic to drive every day. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mind driving the 401. I, I'll drive anything. I've been driving every weather condition, you know, you can imagine. Oh, yeah. And, and on every fucking highway you can imagine. Well, not every oh, yeah. highway. I used to work as a courier out your way, oh, actually. yeah. That's a St. tough job, Jacob, too, man. St. Jacob's, Waterloo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, it driving anywhere is not easy, but, like, doing it in a daily way, especially hitting those peak traffic yep. times. It drives you mental, it. man. It drives not you crazy. It. Yeah, not man. Um, listen, we're getting, we're fucking, we've already been on for over two hours here. So I, <laughs> I, like I was telling you before, uh, the last couple of days we've been talking, like, I'm not sure how many people want to listen beyond two hours. So I don't mean <laughs> yeah, to cut yeah, you off, but I, I think we should start maybe thinking about wrapping up. 
Have yeah, you got totally. anything uh, on the horizon? Like you said, you you got some songs maybe coming out. Dead Cemetery. Yeah, stuff? Dead Cemetery. We're gonna uh, we're planning on releasing like three, four songs this year. Mm-hmm. We got we're just like. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It's tough to be uh, a, a new band and put out a lot of material at once yeah. with no shows to back it up. Yeah, yeah. The, la- the, the last time we put in an order for CDs, uh, shows just stopped entirely. Yeah, you know. Crazy. So we're, we're just, we're going to record, um, we're just focused, and, and again, like, there's some guys in our band that haven't even met each other yet. Right. So, so we're just doing one song at a time. Uh, we got a couple of wicked producer engineers that we got lined up that we're going to announce really soon. Mm-hmm. They're fucking awesome. Um, and we're just going one at a time every couple months, sure. like new song, new song coming out. And that's it. Like, And the best thing for me is... This is the first time Dead Cemetery's ever recorded music that's not just me mm-hmm. and just me recording. Right, this right. It's a full band uh, effort. Yeah, effort. Yeah, thank you. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, Gnarly Horse as well is working on new stuff. Oh really? Uh, yeah, we got we got a new EP in the works. Oh nice. And uh, Winning Streak, we're also trying to. We got a new. We got at the very least a new cover coming out really? in the next couple months. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So you're yeah. you're busy on all fronts with these bands, man. So you're like you're I'm at home, but you're busy. I, it's even if it's like a, two songs per band, that's like six songs through the year. Last yeah, last man. year was not nineteen songs last year. So like Holy I would shit. love to to try to get up in those numbers. Like I got some couple like a couple cover projects going on. Oh nice. And, um, just trying to just trying to stay mentally busy, man. Yeah. Like you know, where it. where can uh, everybody find? All your stuff, like for all the various bands, I, I'm assuming a lot of the stuff's on Bandcamp, Spotify. All three bands were on Spotify, Apple Music, um, all the streaming sites, including Bandcamp, um, Debt Cemetery, Gnarly Horse, Winning Streak. All three of those bands, like we're streaming everywhere. Um, Nice. I got a couple. I got some cover stuff going on. So like, follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, Instagram's uh, a great da- one, eh? Instagram is good, but I just I'm not that active on it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd say I'm more of a Facebooker than Instagram. Mm-hmm. But uh, my handle on both is just Davy Knight, mm-hmm. uh, and that's it. Just trying to just keep the dream alive, you know? Yeah, man. So if they go to you, they'll they'll be able to link to all your other stuff too, right? For like sure. That's if I'm, if I'm releasing anything, I'm self-promoting it. Nice. So at the very least, just follow me. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. And hey, thanks again for doing this, man. I really appreciate thanks it. Thanks man. Like I said, like I, there's so many times where I ask people and they kind of, they brush me off. I don't know if it's because they're nervous or whatever, or they just don't want to do it. But you were so good about saying, fuck, let's do it. And then I kind of screwed you on the first week because I, I fell off the radar and then I got my shit back together and luckily we made it happen literally two weeks to the day almost from when i talked to you so i really appreciate that effort man it's it's killer i'm was super excited to be talking to you i love the band i cannot wait for like more live shows the energy that you guys put out was amazing that night and and i look forward to seeing it again in person as soon as i can yeah me too man hopefully let's uh, let's hope this pandemic fucks off pretty soon so we can get back to rock and live 
Absolutely. All right, don't go anywhere because I want to talk to you a little bit after we stop recording here. But um, all right, everybody, thanks for listening to, uh, I think this is episode 11 of the I Got Asked podcast. If you like what you heard, um, like and subscribe. Um, follow Davey on, uh, on all the socials there for uh, updates on all the bands. So uh, thanks again. Smash the like button on, uh, on whatever platform you're listening to this on. If you can for me, that'd be great. And uh, hopefully I'll put out more of these on a consistent basis. I know I say that every single time I put an episode out, try to do it more often than once every three months, but we'll see what happens when I'm off night shift. So, all right, everybody, thanks a lot for tuning in and we'll talk to you again soon.